2019 football season got off to a sloppy but victorious start for the Princeton Vikings when a week ago they traveled to Milford and came away with a 38-7 victory. Tonight it's the home opener as Princeton welcomes the Withrow Tigers to Pat Mancuso Field in Viking Stadium. Good evening everybody, I'm Richard Skinner along with Kyle Howard. Coming up in just a bit, we'll hear from the superintendent of schools of Princeton, Tom Burt, with Rob Evil. We'll hear from the head coach, Mike Daniels, and more. And, of course, Princeton will take on Withrow here coming up in about 20 or so minutes. Last week, Kyle, the story really for Princeton was penalties on offense and a dominant defense. 18 penalties in all, including one that took away a touchdown run from M.J. Horton. And then for the defense, they held Milford to 198 total yards, turned them over six times, four of which were interceptions. There was some good with the defense. There was some good with a couple of big plays. But we talked about it during the broadcast last week. You can't have the 18 penalties again. Absolutely, and uh, Coach Daniels will attest to that too. You get something got to clean up here going forward with the penalties. But uh, to have that kind of a pass rush that so you're still able to get away with a 38-7 convincing victory out of that nine, it's uh, four six turnovers. You really had a Hunter Johnson, a pretty solid quarterback back at the helm. He put him, made him uncomfortable the entire night. Uh, four turnovers from him, four interceptions from him that night. So it's uh, you got to really applaud your defense for the way they were able to step up and uh, make it a tough night for him. Yeah, they had 114 yards rushing, did uh, did Milford a week ago, but they had 79 yards on two runs. Other than that, on the other 27 carries, the Princeton defense held them to just 34 yards. For Princeton offensively last week, they got some big plays on the ground. They got a big play in a pitch and catch game uh, on the hook and ladder play for a touchdown to James Price after a pass to Sterling Burkhalter. They got a, uh, a touchdown as well, though, the big play off the bench from Dorian Durham. It was a 14-7 game early in the fourth quarter, Kyle, and M.J. Horton, the starting quarterback, had to leave with cramps. In comes Dorian Durham. Second play is on on a third and eight. He hits it for a 64-yard touchdown. Turned out to be the play of the game, and he made a great play. Yeah, he did. He really played with poise coming off the bench, and uh, really kind of what the momentum the team needed. At that point, it was a 14-0 going into the fourth quarter. It uh, really wasn't much momentum. Obviously, they had the lead for a little bit of momentum, but not, not a ton going into that fourth quarter. Milford, a tough program, and uh, from there, Doran Durham came in, and it seemed like that things had, had turned the tide as far as uh, confidence went from there. For Withrow, they come in tonight with a record of one win and no losses. They beat Woodward 12-8 in their opener, a game that started on Friday. A fight in the stands had to push that game to Saturday, and it's no small feat for Withrow. Last season, the Tigers just went 1-9. The lone win, a forfeit by Princeton after Princeton had beaten them handily in a game that was called at halftime due to lightning and then opted not to resume because of the big lead for Princeton. In 2017, Withrow 1-9. So getting off to a 1-0 start for this program is very big, a program that the last five-plus years combined has combined for just nine victories. It's Princeton and Withrow from Pat Mancuso Field at Viking Stadium. It's the home opener. We'll take a timeout when we come back. Rob Ebel standing by with the superintendent of schools of Princeton, Tom Burton. We'll hear from him. We'll hear from Mike Daniels in a bit more. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Welcome into the studios of ESP Media. I'm Rob Ebel with First and Ten with the Super, Tom Burton. Every Friday we'll huddle up with Tom on the latest with Princeton schools. Tom, how are we doing on this Friday morning? I'm, I'm excited and uh, ready to go. Well, week, week two is upon us. Uh, the Vikings uh, captured a victory over the Milford Eagles on week one, 38-7. Uh, great atmosphere out at Milford. They're doing some good things out there. Uh, Tom Grip is a heck of a coach, and that was a nice win for the Vikings. You know, Rob, I couldn't agree more. You know, one of the things that was, there's so much attention on, on our Princeton Vikings, uh, going in that game, I knew Milford was a very tough team, great coach, and they – Every single play, they gave it their all. And at 14-7, with about eight minutes, six minutes to go in the third quarter, you know, you could tell that some people in the stands 
were getting a little bit nervous. Yes. Uh, but I knew that, uh, that I, I really felt that we were going to be okay because we stayed with the game plan and just kept pushing. And then eventually, you know, we capitalized on a few breaks and uh, took advantage of it. Yeah, the, the depth of the Vikings really showed in the uh, second quarter, or excuse me, second half. Uh, but what a great atmosphere at Milford for week one for high school football. Well, they do a great job, and their superintendent's tremendous and AD. So, I mean, it was a great environment, and I was I was glad to get out of there with a hard-fought victory. Yeah, absolutely. I was over on the, at the stadium with Coach Daniels yesterday working on some equipment, getting everything all set up for tonight's uh, home opener at Viking Stadium, Pat Mancuso Field. Uh, the Vikings welcome in the Withrow Tigers at uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, you've got to be excited. It sounds like it's going to be a beautiful night. Oh, it's going to be a beautiful night, as Mike Daniels always says. It's a great day to be a Viking, and it's going to be a great night to be a Viking, too. Very exciting. Hopefully I, we'll have a lot of people come out there. It'll be, it'll be a great show. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, they can, you can get tickets at the gate um, at 7 o'clock kick. It's going to be a great one. Uh, Tom, one of the things that's been in the press a lot recently is uh, in, at least Ohio High School Athletic Association is respecting the game. And different topics have come up, uh, whether it's teams or individuals, and the lack of officials. It's, um, it's certainly I've noticed over the 10 years of ESP Media being in business that uh, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher to get great officials. You know, Rob, my dad was an athletic director for years and years and years. Actually, he retired as an athletic director. And I remember having conversations with him, and he had several friends that were officials. And I could, I could tell you right now, it seems like there's fewer and fewer people going into being efficient, into officiating because of just the pressure and the intensity of what's happening. And I would just encourage everybody to look the officials the officials are doing their very best. Um, I always like to think that they can get themselves in positions to make the right calls. And ultimately, when that something goes, you know, maybe a call you don't agree with or whatever, we need to focus on supporting our team and our, you know, student athletes. That's the attention that we need to give uh, to the students and have them rise above it so that they don't get distracted because we feel it may be a bad call, and the officials, I believe, do the very best that they can do. You know, Tom, when I was coaching, uh, one of the things we always looked for is an official who hustled. You know, always got, a, like you mentioned, got in position to make the right call. And they're, you know, they're humans. They're, they're going to make errors. And like you said, you've got to focus on the team concept. It's a team game. And as long as they're hustling and working as hard as your kids, that, you know, that's all you can ask for. I coached, I coached a long time. And I'll never forget, I thought this, I was coaching volleyball at this time. And I looked and I, I said, I cannot believe, as a coach, I was working the officials. <laughs> I cannot believe that you missed that call. And the, the uh, official looked at me and said, you know what, Tom? I just flat out missed it. I don't know how I did either, but we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one. And that ended the whole conversation. And right. so I think there's, like, if there's a healthy dialogue and you have that conversation with officials, it does help alleviate some of the tension. But ultimately, I'd like to think that if you take care of business on the field and you're disciplined, then you take an officiating, uh, an official's bad call, perhaps, that you may think it's a bad call, out of the mix. Stay focused on what you can't control. 
Yeah, perfect. I think those are great comments. Again, it's you know their, their uh, campaign is respect the game, and that's that's what it's all all about. Each week, uh, Tom, we've we're we're going to try to highlight uh, something within the Princeton City Schools. This week, we're going to talk about Viking Voices. I would love for you to share with the fans who may not know what Viking Voices is. Let, let let's talk to the fans about that. Hey, Rob. Well, thanks so much for bringing that up. Earlier this summer, I was. I was on this uh, cable show called Business Talk, which is sponsored through Chamber of Commerce, uh-huh. Charitable Chamber of Commerce. And, uh, you know, we just had this great conversation, myself and Harry Snyder, who's the CEO of Great Oaks. And afterwards, the, the producer came up and asked if I would like to have a show. And I'm like, about Princeton? Absolutely. Sure. So I thought it was going to be once a quarter, but actually it's once a month. It's going to be on cable television. Uh, through the great partnership of ICRC. And we did our first filming on it, and it was tremendous. And it's called the official title is Viking Voices, the People of Princeton. And so the first episode, we talked to four great students about their visit with the state superintendent. We talked about who they are. And then we also had Kelly Reason, who's done a great, great job in preserving and actually designing our new uh, mural display which is, uh, which is uh, at Princeton High School now and it's going to be dedicated uh, in, the, in the upcoming month. Nice. So that, that's outstanding. So that's something that's going to happen once a month, and uh, I'm guessing on your cable channel with ICRC, a, a special channel that that will run uh, on, on your television. Yeah, yeah, a couple, couple times a month for sure, and it's, it's, a great, it's a great opportunity for us to showcase the wonderful students we have, the staff, the supportive community, and, you know, we're, we're, we're thrilled to have it. Actually, just feel very blessed and lucky yeah, to have it. So it's we're going to take advantage of the time. Well, I love your enthusiasm. As I said last week, Tom, it's outstanding. It's infectious. And uh, the Princeton City Schools are lucky to have you. So we're getting closer to kickoff. So I need to wrap this up and throw this over to Richard Skinner and Kyle Howard, Tom. I hope you have a great weekend. And let's go get uh, win number two tonight. And I wish you all the best. Well, thanks so much, Rob. And as always, go Vikings. Coming up next, Richard Skinner and Kyle Howard with all the play-by-play of the Princeton Vikings and the Withrow Tigers. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Here at uh, Princeton Stadium, Viking Stadium, rather, 
Batman Cuso Field, Richard Skinner, Cal Howard with you. As Princeton getting set to open the home opener, taking on Withrow tonight. Both teams coming in with records of one win and no loss. Princeton a 38-7 winner over Milford a week ago, and Withrow a 12-8 winner over Woodward. Just a little bit ago, Cal Howard got a chance to catch up with the head coach of the Princeton Vikings, Mike Daniels. Kyle Howard here with head coach Mike Daniels. Coach, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, home opener tonight, exciting night for you. Um, outside of a couple forfeits last year, your team was undefeated at home last year, so a good record last year at home. Uh, what is it about this atmosphere here that kind of gives you an edge? Well, um, it's, it's one of the most, the, the most uh, storied tradition as far as the history, but um, we have a nice venue, uh, passionate fans, um, a great setup, and um, we have six communities that, that, that go into our school, and so it's a lot of pride even separately into each community. So it's a beautiful thing, and um, so playing at home is important. Probably means a lot to you as well, playing here yourself. Absolutely. As an alumni and a former football player, it means it means the world, means everything to me. Perfect. And uh, last week your defense did a stellar job last year. Uh, last week six turnovers, four interceptions, uh, 38-7 win at Milford. What were they able to do so well to get, really keep both on their, their toes all night, keep them uncomfortable all night? Well, a talented bunch, um, talented bunch, and they played hard. Uh, made some mistakes, and so we still got to get better, still grow. Um, but but I was pleased with the effort, um, and obviously we, we got a few few guys that can play some ball. Sure. Um, hitting on that, uh, last week you had uh, 18 penalties for 139 yards, but still found a way to get a win last week. So what did you learn about your team as far as resiliency last week? Well, you know, they fought through some questionable um, calls, officiating if you want to call it, and, you know, officiating is tough in, in its own, but, you know, it was some, some tough calls. We fought through some, some that was on our own. Some encroachment um, calls, but um, we could continue to get better. It was week one. Um, what you hope is you better in week two in terms of penalties, attention to detail, and assignment football. Perfect. And, uh, uh, last week, last year at Withrow was a pretty uh, good first half performance, a 36-6 lead before uh, obviously it was rain shortened game that night. Uh, what were you able to do so well that game here that you like to carry over tonight? Well, we just want to play. We want to play mistake-free football and play hard. Um, obviously, being at home is nice. Uh, be able to enjoy our fans and give them first. We didn't scrimmage at home as far as the game scrimmage, and we didn't have a live true scrimmage at home. So it's the first time our fans can see our boys in a more than a, a, a couple series type of situation. So I'm excited to see um, how the boys respond to, to the home atmosphere. And, and again, all we want to do is get, get, keep, keep getting better each day. Perfect. And uh, last last week, MJ Horton comes out with an injury. You bring in Dorian Durham, and does a fine job off the bench. So, are you thinking of still staying with MJ this week here? Do you think you yeah, might we'll, do it? We'll start. We'll start. Um, MJ Dorian will play, and um, and we'll we'll keep we'll keep progressing. I mean, those those boys battled it out. Uh, Dorian is a heck of a football player, very athletic kid, and um, the, the competition went down to the wire all the way through through Hamilton's uh, game and so we're able to um, have the luxury of having two quality quarterbacks we're gonna we're gonna need him at some point and um, we'll find a way to keep him hot thanks coach any final thoughts tonight uh, uh, go bikes perfect thanks again coach thanks. and we'll be joining you back in just a second this is Jerry Snodgrass, Executive Director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One of my long-standing goals is to help people understand that high school sports are about so much more than wins and losses. The OHSAA promotes education-based athletics, where sports are an extension of the classroom. Our schools all want to win. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, it's all about sportsmanship, leadership, and making certain that academics are a priority. 
Thank you for your support of high school sports in Ohio. Back here at Viking Stadium, Pat Mancuso Field, Richard Skinner, Kyle Howard, our producer engineer, Zach Waddell. Glad you could be with us as Princeton getting set for the home opener, taking on Withrow, and as Kyle mentioned in the pregame there, last year's game called at halftime due to a lightning storm at 36-6. They opted not to resume it the next day, just called it at that point, but Princeton eventually had to forfeit that victory, one of three they had to forfeit to start last season. Tonight, I don't think we have to worry about the rain. It's a very nice night out, scattered clouds. We've had the sun peak out here late in the, uh, early in the evening, late in the afternoon. Slight breeze blowing across the field. Not a very humid night. A little bit on the warm side, but all in all, a very nice late summer night. Kyle, it feels like uh, we had so many weather issues last year. We had a little bit of a weather issue last week, but for a change, I think we got ourselves a good night. Yeah, there were some raindrops maybe about two hours ago, but they're drops. There, there are nothing more beyond that, so it's going to be a nice night for football tonight. They'll be thankful to have that. And these two teams like to battle out for a full night tonight. They'll probably get a chance to do that tonight. Well, it's already came on the field. Princeton just coming on the field to the near side towards us. Princeton in neat looking. I like these uniforms. All gray pants, or tops and pants with red numerals, red lettering trimmed in white. Of course, the red Viking helmet with the white Viking insignia. Last year, we had a hard time seeing numbers on the jerseys. This year, these are sharp. Yeah, I like the white outline they got. Now it's really easy to see that way. It was, it was a tough deal last year, but they did look sharp, just difficult for us. But uh, they do look very sharp tonight as well. With row across the way from us in all white tops and bottoms with orange numerals, orange lettering trimmed in black, some tiger stripes on the shoulder pads and down each pant leg for the Withrow Tigers. As we're about a minute or so away from kicking this thing off. Elsewhere tonight in the Greater Miami Conference, this is the last non-conference game for all schools in the league. After the night, it'll be all conference games. They play eight of them, but tonight a couple of big matchups. One of them at Colerain, St. Xavier, playing at Colerain tonight. Elsewhere, Anderson is at Hamilton, Sycamore at Kings, Springboro's at Middletown, Centerville at Lakota West. Lakota West losing the debut of Tom Bolton as the head coach. Fairmont at Lakota East. Fairfield is at Springfield. Simon Kenton from Kentucky plays at Oak Hills. And LaSalle is at Mason. That's the Greater Miami Conference schedule. We'll try to get you some scores coming up around halftime. So both teams huddle around the respective special teams coaches. Team's been in the field for about a minute or so. Still about a minute and a half up on the clock to wind down before we kick this game off. I'm sure, and you talked to, to Mike Daniels about it. Yes, some of the penalties were certainly on them. Some of it you could point to maybe a bad call or two, but the bottom line is 18 is a lot. They can't have that tonight. But I, I'll tell you, I, I, I was extremely impressed with the Princeton defense last week. I mean, other than a, a, a questionable, and then one of the ones I think I do question is that fourth down pass interference call in the end zone that kept Milford's drive alive, allowed them to eventually score a touchdown. You don't get that call, they get a shutout last week. Well, you create six turnovers in a game, you're going to win 99% of those games. So they were able to get a good rush up front, create some havoc all night in the backfield. And it really forced some errant throws from Hunter Johnson last week here that cost the four picks. So uh, they were able to win that in a couple of key turnovers in the red zone. Uh, yeah, you had a nice couple of nice runs for Milford. They were able to march down the field and fumble near the goal line that kind of turned the the way that game with that drive at least was headed and the way the game ended up going from the rest of the way. So they're able to get some uh, more turnovers on it. That will certainly help and um, carry the momentum over their defense. Played a great game last week. Yeah, a year ago in this matchup, again, the game that was called at halftime, Princeton just dominated up front on both sides of the football. And I don't expect that to continue tonight, but we'll see. Again, Withrow coming off of a victory last week, 12-8. That's after they 
Only win from last year was the forfeit against Princeton, and they won only one game the year before. So a nice start to the season for the Withrow Tigers. Withrow won the toss, is deferred. Princeton will receive to start the football game. Vikings going left to right as you look at whatever device you're listening to us on, your tablet, your iPhone, your computer, whatever it may be. We're about set for football on a Friday night. 1-0 Princeton, 1-0 Withrow. Teeing it up and getting set to kick off for the Tigers is Falou Sam. Back deep to the near side for the Princeton Vikings is Leroy Bowers. And over to the far side is D'Angelo Foster. As here we go, moving on the football, Sam. And he gets away a short end over end kick that's going to be fielded at the 11-yard line. Coming ahead, Foster now angles to the right side outside the numbers 25-30. Up the sideline to the 35, and he's run out of bounds and then slung down hard out of bounds. Might have been a hair late, but no penalty flag. And Princeton will start first and 10 on about their own 38-yard line. Up front for the Vikings, it'll be this way. Javon Neal, 5'10", 230 is the center. The right guard, Quincy Hughes, 6'4", 271. The right tackle, Vincent Munlin at 6'6", 235. On the left side, Brandon Williams is the left guard. He's 6'4", 265. And the big fella heading to Ohio State, Paris Johnson, the left tackle, 6'8", 290 pounds. Frankly, didn't have a great game last week, Kyle, so maybe tonight a night for him to break out. Yeah, no, he did struggle a bit last week on the offensive line. He'd like to get a, to change that here tonight and get back on track. It'll be MJ Horton, as you heard in the pregame show. He'll get the start, but Dorian Durham will play. He's in the shotgun with James Price offset to his right. Now Foster goes in motion going left. They fake the handoff. Horton comes right ahead of some running room across the 40, 45, and up near the 47, and near the 48-yard line, very near a first down. As they fake the jet sweep, that was Jamar Matthews actually coming around with the jet sweep. He'll be stopped about a yard shy of the first down, giving nine. Second and one Vikings on the opening play of the game at their own 47. Second down for the Vikings. It is just a big size mismatch differential up front for Princeton. It will be in a lot of games this year, not just with Withrow. That is a big offensive front. One receiver each way, slight wing back to the left, Matthews. Price to the right of Horton, gets the handoff, running left, trying to bounce it outside, now cuts it straight up at the 45, and got back to the line of scrimmage, and that is all. And there is a penalty flag on the play, so it took us two plays to get to a penalty marker. That's in the area of offensive holding, but we'll see. No, they said illegal motion, I believe. Well, there's some uh, penalties last nope, week. Holding. But some penalties last week that didn't go the way of Princeton that were questionable, but the, the ones like encroachment and holding and the ones you can prevent, you got to really narrow down tonight. you got to really limit them. It would have been third and one, but they take the penalty wisely after no gain on the last play. And Mark from the spot of the foul, which was the 45, takes it back to the 35. And it'll be second and 13 Princeton from there. Early stages of this one, we haven't even played a minute. One receiver each way, and now we get a... Whistle and the officials stopping the clock for a moment. And the head referee walking over to the sideline. Maybe a clock issue here. We'll see. Still no signal. Yeah, apparently there's a maybe an issue with the play clock in the end zone. I think that's what they're talking about. So we're about set again. Princeton shows this time two receivers to the right. Sterling Burkhalter and Matthews that way. Matthews the slot man. One wide receiver left, Kevin Suttles. Looking at a four-man front. Now Matthews goes in motion. They fake it. Horton going to drop the throw. Wants to air it deep down the right side. He has Burkhalter out there. It's underthrown, and then he got interfered with as the pass goes incomplete. Trying to cover was Ryan Moore. Really, Moore had pretty good coverage when he turned around, but unfortunately for him, Burkhalter stopped because the pass was woefully underthrown. And then he ran up Burkhalter's back and is going to get called for the pass interference. Like he slapped his hand as well. So it, I think uh, Burkhalter comes down with the football if he doesn't interfere there. So it was a nice, it was a nice throw and uh, nice adjustment. Nice to the adjustment, ball. yeah, for sure. He did a good job to stop and try to come back for that football. And 
Moore was in trail coverage and never got, his, got himself turned around. So the interference penalty, actually, should, they marked it 20 yards. That should only be a 15-yard penalty. That should only be to the 50-yard line. That should be at the four. That should be at the 50, not the 40. They got, they got the wrong yard line, but they're going to mark it at the Withrow 45. So they got a break. First down from there. Horton takes it, tries to hand it off, fumbles at the backfield, and it looked like Withrow recovered. No, Horton got it back. Horton looked like he was trying to hand it off or pull it on the read option, and both players was a miscommunication, but. Horton able to fall back on it for a loss of a yard at the Withrow 46-yard line. Not really sure how Riley Simpson didn't come away with that ball, though. There's nobody within about three yards of him, so I'm not really sure how he was able to squeeze it in, but Princeton's thankful. So second and 11. As two receivers each side, they take the tight end Dorian Henry, or Darian Henry, rather, excuse me, out of the ball game at the moment. Price to the left of Horton in the shotgun as he's got double slots each way, looks at a four-man front. Now sends Scarborough motion going left, fakes it, gonna run an option left, pitches it behind Scarborough, it's loose on the deck. Scarborough able to pick it up back at the 45 and withdraw territory for a loss. Scarborough came in motion, became the trail back to Horton on the option play, but Horton pitched it well behind him. That was not a sharp pitch whatsoever, and Scarborough tried to catch it one-handed going away from him, it bounced off of me, he did a good job to go back and fall on it back at the 45. So Princeton keeps it, but they're gonna have a third and 20. Yeah, third and very long here last week here on third down, they were three of 11. Something like the approved bond tonight. Burkhalter comes wide right with Scarborough. Wide left goes Suttles and Jamar Matthews. Price still in the backfield to the left. Now they send a trip set to the right as here comes Matthews this way. And Horton's going to drop the throw, wants to set up the screen. He's going to be sacked back at the 40, 36-yard line. Looked like he wanted to set up a screen, but there to deck him back at the 46 was Tyshawn Thomas. And help from... 56, DeAndre Woods. The left side of the line, they're, they're waiting on a screen, and the left side of the line just kind of collapsed there. Brinson will have to punt it away. Familiar name on that Withrow coaching staff, Jim Lippincott, who was a longtime defensive coordinator at Moeller, and then, of course, a longtime scout with the Bengals. He is on that Withrow staff. I'm guessing he might have dialed that pressure up right there. It'll be Robert Rutherford in punt formation, and punt snaps for an adventure last week. Another one here is a high snap, and now we got a penalty flag, and I think Withrow might have had too many players on the field. They were trying to hurry a player off. Quick score in Colerain Township. St. Xavier's jumped out in front of Colerain 7-0 early. Yeah, high crowd in that one tonight. No doubt. The game of the night in the city for sure, usually is. Legal substitution, so too many players on the field for Withrow. So Princeton's going to get some yardage out of this and then we punt it because it is fourth and a mile as it was Keandre Hurd who was trying to get off the field and couldn't quite do so in time. So we'll mark it up to the 42, but they got to get all the way to the 45 in Withrow territory, or maybe the 35 in Withrow territory for a first down. So it's fourth and 23. And again, Rutherford in punt formation and, and the snaps are just a, a tough thing getting it back to him. Now here comes the referee. I, I, I'm not sure what the issue is here. Talking to the Princeton sideline for a moment was the referee, and now I think are we ready to play? They might have been looking for some clarification or stuff, some sort. Mike Daniels not happy about a penalty earlier in the drive, so maybe getting yelled at from the sideline there. So 
Rutherford waits for the snap. It's a high floaty snap, but nobody rushing him, and he's going to get off a punt off the side of his foot that's going to head to the right side. It's going to bounce at the 30, roll inside the 25. It's going to get a great Princeton roll down to the 21-yard line and die right there as there to down it for Princeton was Kevin Suttles, who had a really good game on defense a week ago, seven tackles and an interception. He had one interception. He got an interception as well from Jaheim Thomas, the linebacker. Elijah Eberhard had an interception. Leroy Bowers had an interception. Christian Kilgus Dixon had a big game as well. Seven tackles, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a touchdown on a scoop and score for him. So this Princeton defense was dominant a week ago. And now they're going up against an even smaller offensive line this week. Believe it or not, they have a guy, and I was looking in pregame, their left guard actually wears number 45. That's Riley Simpson. You don't see that very often, but again, the left guard with number 45, so he has to report each time with that number. Interesting thing to see. Number 45 playing a guard spot. Maybe a tackle eligible, but not a guard. So first down with throw from its own, 21 out of the shotgun. Looking at a four-man front is Ingram, the quarterback. Takes the snap, turns, hands it, to barely hand it off. He got decked in the backfield and firing through Jalen Stoker. I he almost took the handoff there. Almost stole the handoff right away. That was Jason Randall Miller in the backfield for the Vikings. Actually, Jason Randall Miller, 36, not 35. It was hard to make the number out. And he just decked the running back that time in the backfield. Tyarius Stevenson, he barely got the handoff. So a loss of three and... Again, I'm not sure what all the holdup is. Goodness sakes. Seemingly like every play so far tonight. Well, I don't know what the problem is. Maybe it's the play clock. I don't know. It's going to be second and 13 with throw from its own 18. The quarterback, Daniel Ingram, 5'10", 210 pounds, and he's just letting the play clock run. Plenty of time, 25 seconds to go on the clock. With throw, just if you're them, they're going to try to shorten the game as much as possible. They have three receivers out wide right. One to the left, but the offensive line hasn't even broken the huddle. We'll set their line here after this play. I can tell you James Early is the center. 6'2", 212. The right guard is Terry Cannon, 5'10", 240. The left guard wearing 45, Riley Simpson. He goes 5'10", 190. We'll set the tackles in a second. Here's a fake. Ingram going to run it up the middle. Breaks it, tackle to 20, and then it's smacked down hard at the 27-yard line as Kevin Suttles came up to the secondary and laid a shoulder pad right into him, about four yards shy of the first down. The tackles for Withrow, left tackle Christopher Early, 6'2", 200. And the right tackle, Kreshawn Early, is 5'11", 245. He's a freshman. So third and four, Withrow at its own 27-yard line. Clock ticking down to 7'12", and Withrow just bleeding the play clock. It's a 40-second play clock as soon as the play ends, and they're just standing there looking at the sidelines, letting it tick down, down to 15 seconds. And again, for them, team that was beaten 36 to six and a half a year ago by Princeton, trying to shorten the game. Ingram in the shotgun, has two wides each way, drops the throw, fires out in the flat and fires it too high for his intended receiver, Tyrese Captain, it goes incomplete, and Withrow will have to put the football away. Just a tad too, he had him wide open there. That would have been a first down there, just a tad too high. Angelo Foster will drop back. The deep man, the up man is gonna be Leroy Bowers. Bowers stands at about the 50. Foster stands back at about his own 40. Kind of like the opening drive fight here by this Withrow team last week, last year, down 36 to six and a half. It's easy to come in here and lay down, expect to get rolled tonight, but they're coming out fighting here early on. 
Had a good run on that second down run by Ingram, and Ingram will do the punting as well. The quarterback, he stands back at his own 16 to await the snap. Now twin safety stand back at the 40. Personal protector moves from the right to the left side. There's a good snap back. Ingram gets the punt away, and it's a good one. Spiraling down to about the 36. Bowers fields it there. Running left across the field, trying to get to the sideline at the 40. Can he get to the corner? Still running parallel at the 45. Gets a block to the 50 and into Withrow territory, but a penalty flag comes in. That might be a blindside block right there. It's going to be against Princeton, I believe. It's a nice return by Bowers, who took it down to about the 47-yard line, 48-yard line in Withrow territory, but penalty flag sitting back at the Princeton 46, and this is going to come back. Princeton will have worse field position. They had good field position at the moment, but it's not going to last long. Now they backed up deeper into their territory now from there. Another nice play washed out by a penalty. That's been the theme here in the first game and a quarter. Here comes the signal as they're already marking it off. It's going to be a personal foul. You know, blindside block that time, and Princeton will be marked from the 46 all the way back to the 31. 6.32 to go opening quarter. No score here from... Pat Mancuso Field, Viking Stadium. The home opener for the Princeton Vikings. They start on the hash mark to the left. They have way wide right. Out by the numbers is Burkhalter. Short side of the field, the tight side of the field is Caleb Crawford. And Horton's going to work from under center with Price behind him in the deep back. Turns, hands it to Price, running straight ahead and has to bounce off to the outside. Does so, breaks one tackle, breaks another across the 35 and is up to the 36 for a gain of four. He got... Knocked backwards in the backfield after the handoff. Did a good job to get away from it and pick up four yards for James Price. So Horton went under center that time. To change up things in the running game. Burkhalter not even huddling. He stands way wide right. He is literally out by the numbers as they operate on the hash mark to the left. Crawford goes that way along with, in the slot, Jamar Matthews. Price to the left of Horton. Now Matthews comes in motion. They fake it to him, give it to Price. He's going to be in trouble, trying to dance around, and he's going to dance his way into a loss back to the 35-yard line. Boy, Withrow winning things at the point of attack defensively. There to make the stop was Tyaris Stevenson along with DeAndre Woolens. Loss of a couple. Princeton offensive line, we're not getting much of a push so far tonight. And it's a much, much bigger group, and you're right, they're getting shoved back in the backfield themselves. So it'll be third after the loss of two, third and about six from the 35-yard line. Burkhalter again way wide right, but now they're going to send two other receivers this way, Matthews and Foster. Matthews the middle of the three receivers. Crawford wide left. Price to the right of Horton in the shotgun. Looks at a six-man front as Withrow looks like they want to blitz. Now they back out of it. Here's Horton rolling right, throws it on the run, and throws it to nobody, incomplete. I think he thought that Burkhalter was going to keep cutting to the outside because he was open. Burkhalter just curled up at about the 50-yard line, and the pass sailed wide incomplete. Princeton's going to have to punt for the second straight possession. Definitely some miscommunication there. You had him wide open just about three yards out in front of him toward the sideline there. Jay Horton struggled with accuracy last year at LaSalle and struggling so far in the first game plus. But again, that may not have been his fault. He may have been expecting the receiver to cut further outside. Rutherford again in punt formation. Back deep for Withrow is Keontae Deer. Stands at his 25. Snap back is a floaty one. Rutherford's got it, and it almost got blocked. He kicked it under the player, almost blocked it. He's going to get a great roll out of it inside the 40, inside the 35. He'll be down at the 34-yard line. Jumping to try to get it was Tyshawn Thomas, and truth be told, the punt went underneath Thomas's arms. It was more like a line drive punt by the, when it was all said and done, so it's, it's kind of crazy he didn't get a hand on there. 
But, uh, they, they really struggle with the long snap. Man, oh, man, it, it's a, it floats and it doesn't have a lot of zip on it. You're, you're going to get one, one or two blocked this year for sure. Almost got one blocked, a couple blocked last week. Something you're going to emphasize here moving forward. So Withrow, second possession after going three and out the first time. Starts at its own 34, ball right in the middle of the field against a tough Princeton defense. It's Ingram in the shotgun with Keontae Deer to his right, two receivers each way. Ingram pointing some things out, now backs up, ready to take the snap, takes it, drops to throw, throws a quick slant, throws it way high and over the intended receiver, Tim Pope, up at about the 45-yard line. Ingram showed a little zip on that football, Kyle, but it wasn't in the neighborhood. That's a little bit off there. Zip, but no zip code. <laughs> Had some time to throw that time as well. He did. Second and 10, clock stop with 4.51 to go, opening quarter, still no score. Princeton's had it twice, punted both times. Withrow had it once, went three and out, and now faced with a second and 10 on its second possession of the game. Again, they're bleeding the play clock. They really don't need to do it with the clock stop, but they're trying to take their time to see what they want. This time they send three receivers to the left, one to the right, and Deer sets to the left of Ingram in the shotgun, looks at a four-man front, waits the snap. It's a good one, he turns, fakes the handoff, wants to run with it, kicks to the outside, comes across the 35 to the 40, he's twisted down and spun down, up at the 41, Kevin Suttles up from the secondary made the tackle. That was unfortunate for Princeton because Jaheim Thomas came through clean and he wasn't sure which one to tackle and Ingram pulled it at just the right time. So give him eight up to the 42 and it'll be third and two for Withrow from there. Now they're gonna bleed the clock. This part's smart. I mean, you've got a handful of guys going two ways. No reason to be in a hurry when the Game is scoreless. Almost kind of a delay, a delay game basketball-wise what they're doing. Down to 12 on the play clock, 4.08 on the game clock. Same formation, three receivers left, one right off the hash mark to the right. Ingram, looks at a four-man front. Thomas almost flinched. He's going to drop the throw, pumps his feet. Now he's going to run on a draw. He's running across the 45-50. 45 and slides down at the 43-yard line. Nice job by Daniel Ingram, who dropped, made a quick decision when... The rush was around him, stepped right through it. There was nobody home. He had plenty of room to run and picks up the first down to the Princeton 43-yard line. Oh, hang on. There's a flag back at the 41-yard line. And it's going to be holding against Withrow. So, sorry, wiped that out by the holding call. That was a great play, though, by Ingram. Absolutely was, and now it might be all for nothing here. Unfortunately, it's a, for a tough environment like this for Withrow to come into, you can't be having penalties like that to negate first downs, especially on third down. So now they mark it from the 40 back to the 30 with the 10-yard holding penalty. And instead of a first down at the Princeton 43, Withrow's now going to have it third and 14 on their own 30. And this is where you got to watch Jaheim Thomas off the edge and Darian Henry off the edge. Thomas going to UC. Had a great game last week. And Henry didn't record a lot stat-wise, but he was a wreaking havoc all night up front. Of course, the young man headed to Ohio State. Two, three receivers left, one to the right. Ingram takes the snap, rolls left to throw. Here comes Henry after him, still on the move, still on the move, and then floats a pass. It's caught, or no, was he out of bounds? He just flipped a pass along the sidelines. It was caught by Tyree's captain. I think they will call it incomplete. He was just out of bounds. He was going to be short of the first down anyway. Smart play, though, try to get the defense yeah. to find, dump it over his head, and uh, had a lot of running room for get to stay in bounds there. And that was tough, because Ingram, there was no way he was going to be able to get his feet and shoulders back around with Henry bearing down on him, so he said, hey, you take it. I don't want him to hit me. I don't blame <laughs> him. So it'll be Ingram to punt back at his own 20, so second three and out technically, despite getting the first down for a moment. 
Bowers to the near side and to the far side await the punt is D'Angelo Foster. Princeton looks like they want to come after this one. Oh, the right guard moved, no call. There's a high snap. Ingram tries to get it one-handed, picks it up. He turns, and he's got room to punt it and gets away a sidewinding. Nice punt. Foster runs back, fields it, drops it, and drops it out of bounds at the 33-yard line. Great job by Ingram. He had to go up, got it, got a right hand on it to kind of keep it from going over his head, then turned, scooped it up, and was able to get away a very nice punt that goes out of bounds off the hands of the returner at the Princeton 32. Sloppy start both ways. It's good protection there for the punt team there yeah. for, for uh, Wither. Had it not been, it could have been real ugly for him. So, uh, and then obviously ugly on the other side there with the fumble on, on that side. So Princeton comes away with a break there. Vikings start their own 32. Done really next to nothing on their first two offensive possessions as Withrow's done a great job at the point of attack. 3-11 to go, first quarter, no score. Princeton's third possession. They start on the hash mark to the left. Send two receivers each way. James Price to the right of MJ Horton in the backfield out of the shotgun. It comes in motion and handoff comes to Foster running right. Time to get to the corner. Can does so at the 35 and across the 35. Got to the 38 as he was just barely tripped up by Tyrese Captain who did a great job. No, excuse me. It was instead Anton Fant who did a nice job to trip him up. Gain of six. That looked like it was going for six. Making a second and manageable here as well, not these uh, long third downs I've been in. We got an issue on the side, I'm not sure what it is. A Daniel signal for some administrator, I think. For somebody to come down, I believe. I'm not sure what the problem is, but. Whatever it was has been corrected. I'm not sure what that was all about. Oh, the band was playing and the referee told him to stop while play was going on. So second and five, second and four from the 38. Maybe he didn't like the song. Maybe not, doesn't have good taste. Off the hash mark to the right, two receivers each way. Price to the left of Horton in the shotgun, claps his hands, waits for the snap, it's a high one. Fakes the handoff, he's gonna run straight ahead. Skips his way across the 40 to about the 43 and that should be enough depending on the spot for a Princeton first down. will move the chain, so give Princeton a first down at his own 43-yard line. Uh, Princeton taking their time as well, used to kind of a no-huddle type deal here, but slowing it down, this, matching Withrow's pace yeah. of the game here. Plenty of time on the play clock, just down to 20 as we approach two minutes to go, opening quarter scoreless. First and 10, Princeton owned 43, again, double slots each way. Now in motion goes Foster left to right, right to left rather. They're going to try to hit him on a swing pass. They do. He runs across the 40, 45 to the 50, lowers his shoulder and goes out of bounds at the 48-yard line in Withrow territory. Pass Just a little swing pass. He went in motion right to left. They swung it to him. Actually, they'll mark it out at the 49. It'll be a couple yards shy of a first down, but a good gainer on first down. Burkhalter. Doesn't huddle again. He's out standing literally where the number 50 is on the field wide right. That's the open side of the field. Now coming out to join him in the slot is Jaden Scarborough. Foster and Caleb Crawford to the left in a slot. Here comes Foster in motion. He will fake a handoff in the backfield. Horton trying to run left. Spins away from one. Spins away from another. Still on his feet. And he's finally tripped up at the 35-yard line. He got away from two. Looked like he was going to go away from a third. A great individual effort by MJ Horton on the run. 
Nazar Willis was the one that tripped him up, but not before he got a big gain down to the Withrow 34-yard line. Shelton looking to do with his legs here, which last week had a lot of pressure on him, so didn't have a chance to really escape the pocket much, but nice play here by Horton. First down, Princeton at the 34. And we've got a minute and a half to go. Clock resumes rolling here in the first quarter. Scarborough, Burke, Coulter go right. Foster, Crawford go left. They operate on the hash mark to the left. Price lines up to the right of Horton in the shotgun. Looks at a four-man front. Only two down linemen, though. Here goes Scarborough, motion right to left. And Horton takes the snap, drops to throw. Wants to float one deep up the left side for Crawford, who is out there, and it's tipped away and incomplete. He tried to tip it to himself, as in pretty good coverage back there for Withrow. Stride for stride was Keandre Hurd, I believe. The numbers get scrunched up for Withrow. It's either 26 or 28. I'll check here in a second. Actually, no, make check that. That was the freshman, Zion Shaw, who was back there in coverage and did a good job on Crawford. He's only 5'9". Crawford goes 6'2". Crawford tried to reach over him to catch it. But good job by the youngster Shaw to break it up. Big time play for a young guy. Really is, especially the size disadvantage. He was running stride for stride with it. Clock stopped, 103 to go, opening quarter. Princeton second and 10 on its own, 34. Same formation, double slots each way. Scarborough yelling, hey, I'm uncovered, I'm uncovered. He didn't see it. They hand it off and send to Price, running straight ahead inside the 30. Stiff arm there and gets down to the 25 and maybe the 24-yard line before Shaw and James Coates make the stop. It's going to be a yard shy of a first down. They mark it just inside the 25, and they got to get just to the 24 for a first down. Looking for the first third down conversion so far tonight. This is one you'd like to have, third and inches. Maybe one the you got to have here. Yeah, maybe the final play of the quarter. Clock rolling with 33 seconds, 20 on the play clock. And we get a timeout, I believe, charged to Withrow. And it is a timeout, Withrow. We'll keep it right here on this one because the quarter break coming up in just a second. Kyle, again, a sloppy start for Princeton. And I know you talked to Coach Daniels in the pregame and you know, last week, certainly. Game one happens for everybody. But just again, just kind of a choppy start. Really haven't found a great rhythm until this drive. Last week it was penalties and uh, miscues on special teams. They've had a pair of those uh, on both both facets there. So not the start they've been wanting here, but they could finish off this drive with the touchdown and uh, get set the tone for the rest of this game here if they're able to come out. Yeah, this is one you want to convert. We'll see if they put. We've seen Horton under center once tonight. This is mostly a shotgun team. We've seen him in shotgun on third and shorts before. Maybe just try to sneak this one forward, get the first down, and get yourself another set of downs. Throw already back on the field, the defensive unit. And now the Princeton offense trots back out on this third and short. Burkhalter and Scarborough in tandem to the right. They're very tight to each other. They'll put on a wing right, Foster, and wide left, Caleb Crawford. Price, the running back, next to Horton, who's in the gun on this third and inches play. Horton takes the snap, hands it to Price, running off left guard, has the first down of Moore, inside the 20, inside the 15, and drives to the 13-yard line. Good hold that time, and then good hard running as well by James Price. It was Shaw again out of the secondary with Tyarius Stevenson to make the tackle, but not before he gains 13 yards on third and one, and a first down Princeton at the Withrow 12. It's up to Princeton whether this was the last play of the quarter because the clock rolling again down to 10 seconds. They are at the line of scrimmage. Same formation, two receivers right, wing right. They will take a snap. Here's Horton faking it, running straight ahead, and he's going to be wrapped up and lost his helmet at the nine-yard line, and they blew the play dead. He was already down anyway as Damon Trice was able to tackle him, and that's going to end the first quarter of play. 
So the Princeton defense does its job. Does not allow a first down in quarter number one. The offense, a little choppier though. At the end of a quarter of play with Princeton driving. Princeton nothing, Withrow nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. It's powered by Sidearm Sports. At Robert Half, we know finding the right employees is a job in itself, and it's a job we love. You see, Robert Half isn't just a staffing firm. We're people. People who believe in finding the right people to fit your company's needs. Because employees who are a good fit are more productive, more engaged. Finding a great candidate isn't easy. But at Robert Half, we know it's possible. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com radio. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Viking Stadium, Princeton nothing. Withrow nothing, Princeton really doing all the offensive damage in the first quarter, there wasn't much of it, just 53 yards of offense, but did hold Withrow to 14, and no first downs, and the Vikings will have it as we start quarter number two, second and we'll call it seven from the Withrow nine yard line, going right to left in quarter number two, and it's Dorian Durham in there to start second quarter at quarterback, and I think part of that is because of the helmet loss by Horton has got to stay out, step out of play. You have to set up for a play here in high school football when that does happen, so. Horton standing on the sideline with his helmet in his left hand, so he's gonna take a playoff. Durham, of course, came in last week and threw that big 64-yard touchdown to make it a 21-7 game in the fourth quarter. He's gonna fake a handoff. No, hand it off to Price. Big hole inside, down to the two, down to the one, and they're gonna mark him just short of the goal line, but that's gonna be a first down. Nice ball handling by Durham. I thought he kept it for a second. Instead, Price got the handoff. And he took it down to the one-yard line. It'll be first and goal, Princeton, from there. And Durham going to check back out now for Horton. Horton is back in there. So Princeton looking to take the lead here for the first time tonight in the scoreless game. Price is to the left of Horton. They'll go out of the shotgun down at the one. First and goal, Princeton there. Durham claps his hands, takes the snap. He's just going to keep it himself, running straight ahead. He bangs it, lost the football as he crossed the goal line. Did he get in? Yes, they said he just crossed it just in the nick of time. And it's a touchdown for Princeton. Ball looked like it came loose, but it did look like he had crossed the goal line with the football before it got jarred loose. And Princeton's taking a 6-0 lead. Good way to execute coming out of the drive here, out of the quarter here. It wasn't the, half, the first quarter they really were expecting, so to be able to punch in a couple plays, obviously we're going to see there. It'll be Michael Everson, who last week, four for four on extra points and added a 32-yard field. Well, he did not try all the points. He did not try the last extra point of the day, but he kicked the first four, then kicked a 32-yard field goal on to try the point after right here. Extra point by number 49, Michael Everson. Durham the holder. Snap is a good one. Placement's down, the kick by Emerson is up, and it's good as well. So Princeton, after a scoreless first quarter, punches it in here a minute two into quarter number two. And it's now Princeton seven. We throw nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports. Abco Pavement Services LLC has been doing commercial asphalt, concrete, and ceiling work since 1962 in the tri-state area. 
Our valued customers include Home Depot, United Dairy Farmers, CB Richard Ellis, Town Properties, and Fifth Third Bank, to name a few. We strive to provide professional service, communication, and project management for all of your commercial concrete and pavement maintenance needs. Go Abco Pavement Services. Yeah, 58 to go here in the first half of play. Princeton 7. We throw nothing back here at Pat Mancuso Field Viking Stadium. Princeton just capping off a nice drive right there after having to punt the first two times they had the football. Teeing it up to kick it away. Will be Hayden Cobbs. Waiting for the signal from the official. And now Cobbs moves on the football and gets away a high, short kick. It's going to be fielded at the 12-yard line and running straight ahead across the 15-20. Got a little crease across the 30. Broke a tackle there up to the 35. Still running hard with it, Keontae Deer. And he takes a pile all the way up to the 41 or 42-yard line. And that's got the Withrow side excited after a great return from Keontae Deer and a lot of it on second, third, and fourth effort. First down, Withrow. They'll start this drive after the good return at the 42, their own 42. They did not have a first down in the first quarter. They did have a first down that was wiped out by a holding penalty on a nice run by the quarterback, Daniel Ingram. Designed quarterback draw. This Princeton defense so good a week ago has picked up where it left off, not allowing a first down to this point. Withrow will send three receivers wide to the right. Two to the left, so it's an empty backfield for Ingram. Play clock down to eight, down to seven. He claps his hands as Ingram gets a man in motion. He fakes it, wants to run it. He's in some trouble in the backfield. Stutter steps, cuts to the outside at the 40. Got to the 42 and maybe the 43. He might have got a yard out of it as he tried to get to the corner. Doing a nice job to come up and... Chopping down was Jaheim Thomas. And actually some credit as well in there on the tackle to Elijah Eberhardt. I think marked him up to the 44, so a gain of a couple on first down. And again, Withrow gonna let that clock bleed as much as possible while they're still in the game. Front push of the defensive line here, getting a nice push all night again, just like they did last week. Same set, three receivers left, two, or maybe three receivers right, two to the left. Ingram in the backfield by himself in the shotgun, looking at just a three-man front, although it looks like a fourth wants to blitz. Wants to throw a quick screen out to the left side. It's caught, running across the 40 to the 45. Penalty marker comes in as they threw it out to Ryan Moore and a very nice open field tackle by Scarborough, maybe. He came up and chopped him down, but it's going to be a penalty, I believe, on top of it. Yeah, Scarborough with a nice tackle. We're going to get a either a block in the back or a hold on one of the receivers on the outside. And it might have been on Scarborough, who was getting held and fought through it, was able to still make the tackle. It's only a gain of a yard. It'll either be third and seven, or they can mark him back. And I think that's still what they're going to do, mark it back from the 44. So a legal block in the back is the signal. So it'll be a second down back at the 34, second and 18. Yeah, dropping back and throwing. If you're not throwing quick stuff, Kyle's very difficult. But the quick stuff, the problem is they're playing such tight coverage, there's not a lot of room to run. It does definitely make it tough. We'll send the hash mark to the right this time. Three receivers go to the open side, the left, one to the right. 
They put a running back in the backfield next to him, and that's Mose Jamison. And Ingram going to roll to his left to throw, or maybe just run it, still on the move. Fires a pass on the run, in and out of the hands of his intended receiver up at the 50-yard line. And diving attempt by Ryan Moore. That was a pretty good throw. Pretty good round as well, just a little, just a little out of his hands there. Tell you, when Ingram throws it, it may be not always accurate, but it is a fast ball, and that was a little bit too fast for Moore to hang on up at the 50. That would have been near a first down, just a couple yards shy. So now it's third and 18 at the 34. Ingram looking at the sidelines as he's got people going all over the place. Some receivers changing sides. They'll send three left again. One comes out wide right. That is Anton Fant. <laughs> line up in the backfield next to him. It'll be up tire Stevenson. No, he's going to come in a slot right. So empty backfield. Three receivers left, two to the right on third and 18. Princeton looking like they're playing a two-deep zone at the moment. Now in motion to the left. And a fake, and Ingram going to drop the throw. He's in some trouble. Fires a pass across the middle. Got a man for a first down at the 45-yard line. Boy, what a great throw into a tight window by Ingram, and he had to throw it on the run, and it was hauled in very nicely by Tyrese Captain. At the Princeton 45-yard line, and that's enough for a first down gain of 23 yards. Captain threw the needle there, found the opening in the defense, and just sat right there. Nice route, nice throw. Safety's probably got a little too deep that time. So first down with throw. First first down of the game comes as we just now hit the nine-minute mark, just a shade over that nine-minute mark when that first first down came about. Withrow letting that play clock bleed again. Two receivers each way. Running back to the right of Ingram in the shotgun. Takes the snap, turns, fakes it, rolls right, wants to throw it. Now he's going to be in some trouble, and he runs through a tackle and takes tacklers with him down to the 42-yard line. He was hit back at the 46 and just dragged a couple of defenders with him. They're going to stop him, Quincy Hughes, who we see on the offensive line as a starter, and also, you know, to stop Calvin Shaw. It's a gain of three yards when it should have been a loss of a couple. Ingram wanted to throw it, but it broke down so quickly he decided to run and got something positive out of it. Again, trips to the left, one receiver wide right. That's Anton Fant. Now they'll actually send two receivers that way, so twins each way. And it's Tyre Stevenson to the right of Ingram in the shotgun. Just a three-man front, but two look like they want a blitz. He takes the snap, and now a penalty flag comes and a false start is going to be the call against Withrow. Darian Henry a little upset because he was either going to get himself a batted ball or a sack because he was right on top of Ingram. So make it second down now and 11 at the Princeton 46. 7.54 to go into the first half. Sluggish start for Princeton, but the Vikings do lead 7-0 here over Withrow. Tigers coming off that win last week. Matching their win total from both 2018 and 2017. Playing a pretty decent first half to this point. Two receivers each way. Running back Stevenson to the right of Ingram, who's in the gun. Takes the snap, stands, throws it in, fires it down the seam, incomplete. And his receiver had broken open, as it was intended for the man who made the catch before, Tyrese Captain. Yeah, Ingram just has a little more patience. That's a big play, because he just couldn't quite get his head around the ball behind him just a hair. It's uh, it's he's zipping in too quick here, and he does have a great arm. Yeah, he's got a great arm, elusive, but he just got to take it, take a breather sometimes. So that'll make it third and twelve. Rithrow at the Princeton forty-seven. 
converted a third and 18 for their first first down on their last third down try. Twins each way, operating off the hash mark to the right. Ingram in the shotgun, waits the snap, claps his hands. Gets the snap now, drops the throw, pressure comes. He's just going to sling it deep up the right sideline and overthrows everybody. Elijah Eberhardt was the closest one to it as they tried to throw it to Anton Fant. And Eberhardt, you can see the frustration because when he looked up and thought he had a chance, he jumped high to get it and realized, oh, it's just over my head. Good coverage from Eberhardt. It goes incompletely fourth down, and you would assume Withrow will punt the football away as D'Angelo Foster and Leroy Bowers will go back in twin safeties to wait Ingram's punt with 7.24 to go in the half. When you got the, the uh, quarterback as your punter, though, you can anything goes. Though you can always run a fake from here as well. So, you wouldn't expect it this early in the game, but Ingram was at. Ingram was flexing his right leg a little bit after that last pass. Didn't see if he got hit or not. He must have. He's staying in to punt the football away. And a timeout going to be taken by Withrow as the play clock got all the way down to two seconds, and Withrow has to take a timeout. We'll keep it here. And the way this game has unfolded, it's been a sluggish kind of a game. You got to think if Withrow can do something with this drive here, get yourself a two touchdown lead, got a chance to maybe take a little bit of charge of this game because I think it's going to be very hard for Withrow to consistently move the ball tonight. Although we've seen Ingram with a good arm and he's had a handful of receivers running open, they just haven't connected on him. Well, their pace of play really has kind of slowed this game down so far. It's kind of a, kept the game where it's at, but uh, put some good defense along the way too, so it's kind of giving Princeton fits at times. So, yeah. Uh, you got to give him credit for coming out there and playing tonight and uh, starting off pretty pretty hot tonight. Yeah, I've been impressed with the Withrow defense. They've been active. They haven't gotten pushed around like you would think with the size differential. But eventually, you can't get much going on offense, and they got a handful of guys going two ways. That defense is going to wear down. So Bowers to the far side, to the near. Again, Princeton going right to left. To the near side is D'Angelo Foster to await the punt. They stand at the 15. Ingram is back in there to await the snap. Ingram looking over the sideline, motion like he wanted to throw a pass. Not sure if that's what they would want here. Fourth and 12 from the 47. Snap is back to Ingram. And he gets away a very high, very short punt that is going to bounce at the 25. Almost hit a Princeton player. It got inside the 20. Is going to be down as... Boy, somebody needed to help Juan Jarrett that time in. Almost hit him right in the backside. And lucky for Princeton, it bounced away from him. And there is now a penalty flag on the play as well. Now two penalty flags on the play at the 28-yard line. Might get an illegal block here on Juan Jarrett. He threw a, threw a shot there. Maybe maybe a illegal block in the back as well, but he threw a shot right before the ball landed. Yep, that's exactly the call. Illegal block in the back against Princeton. Now the penalty is at the 27-yard line. The ball was down at about the 18 see where Princeton starts this drive. They may start this inside their own 10. Back and way up for sure. Certainly not the way you want to start your own drive here, back up in your own territory, and against the defense is playing pretty confidently yeah. right now. Yeah, they marked it from the where the ball was down, which was the 18, 10 yards back from there. Should have, yeah, 10 yards back from there gets it to the eight yard line. So first and 10, Princeton from its own eight, up seven, nothing with 7-11 to go in the first half. Now you just got to get off your own goal line here. Shotgun snap back to Horton, hands it to Thomas Board off right guard, big hole across the 15, and he's chopped down at about the 20-yard line. That should be enough for a first down. Big Thomas Boyd, his first carry, and Anton Fant, who's just 5'9", 165, who took him on by going low, comes up shaking his left hand. Thomas Boyd had three touchdowns in that game in the first half last year, so 
to get him going, it could be a different story here the rest of this game. 6-1-2-30 and picked up 12 yards on his first carry of the night. It had been James Price up until then. Boyd limping a little bit as he offsets to the left. Horton takes the snap, fakes it. Now he's going to run straight ahead. He's running across the 25, 30, 35, 40. It's going to be a foot race, and he's going to win it. It is M.J. Horton to the house from 80 yards out. And uh, no flags as well, which is it would put him in the, the rhythm all year long as uh, it's a big play like that's going to happen to be called back. Everybody does their job here, and they convert here an 80-yard touchdown run. Tell you, when he gets any kind of daylight, we saw it last week, right, in that 70-yard TD run that got called back, I'm telling you, any daylight, I'm not sure who catches him, if anybody. Because he broke the point of attack, Kyle, and it looked like a couple of defenders could have got him at about the 40. He ran past them, and at that point, ain't nobody going to get him from behind. He's got wheels. 80-yard touchdown run for M.J. Horton. Makes it 13-0 Princeton with 6.33 to go in the half. And Everson, who kicked the last extra point, 5 for 5 now on the year. To attempt it again, the snap is down, the kick is on the way, and it is just inside the left upright and good. So Princeton, it took them two plays to go 92 yards. The last 80 of it covered by M.J. Horton for the touchdown. And with 6.33 to go in the first half. Princeton, 14 with row nothing, this is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports. Enjoying tonight's broadcast but missed the first 30 minutes? No need to worry. Appointment listening for all ESP Media broadcasts can be found at soundcloud.com backslash ESP Media or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Search for ESP Media. Appointment listening by ESP Media since 2010. When I wake up, well, I know I'm gonna be Back here at Pat Mancuso Field Viking Stadium opening home opening night for the Princeton Vikings looking to go to 2-0 and a Big electric 80-yard touchdown run by M.J. Horton now has them up by a count of 14 to nothing. As getting set to kick it off and needing a football to do so. That's important. Is Hayden Cobbs back deep to the near side, Tyrese Captain. And to the far side back deep is Keontae Deer. So Princeton's offense, which was sluggish for the first couple of drives tonight, had the punt both times and scored touchdowns the last two times they've gotten the football. And now maybe you get a stop here, you get a chance to make it a 21-0 game before the half. Cobbs moves on the football. It's a very high, short kick. It's going to be fielded by Deer. He bounces off his shoulder pad right to him at the 15, running left across the 20, and then he is going to be snowed under all the way back at the 21. Now they shove him out of bounds finally. A couple of flags back inside the 20-yard line as well. a block in the back back there. There's one flag sitting at the 20. There's another flag sitting at the 13-yard line. Deer had that thing go right off his shoulder pads, but unfortunately for him, it didn't bounce far. It bounced one bounce and back up into his arms. And he was shoved out at the 24, but again, there's a flag at the 20 and another back at the 12, and this is going to back Withrow up with a hold. Depends on where they marked this from. Looks like they marked it from the 20. And if so, here we go. It'll be first and 10 Withrow from back at its own 10-yard line. Now you'd like to seal some of that pressure and some of that front group get some penetration and dial something up with a 14-0 lead. A chance here to pin Withrow deep in its own territory late in the first half. They forced six turnovers last week here. This will be a very, uh, very big one here. They're going to force one here. Out wide right goes Ryan Moore by himself. 
Send one receiver to the left, and now a timeout for Withrow. So that for Withrow will be the final timeout. So they've called all three of their timeouts. Princeton still has three left. This is where you can really take charge of this game. The momentum's swung. Withrow had a nice game plan to some degree coming in, trying to control the clock when they could, letting the play clock run down deep. And now back at their own 10, down 14-0. Trying to just avoid this from avalanching on them before the first half comes to an end. Last year at the half, it was 36-6, the lead. Score to pass along Sycamore leading Kings, 14-10 which caught up on a bunch of the scores at halftime. Yeah, certainly you need to get a response here on these, this uh, Tiger offense here. Withrow going to send two receivers wide right, one to the left. Ingram's in the shotgun with a back to his left. Gets the hand. No, Ingram kept it, trying to run left. Guns around attack with the 10. Across the 15, just runs over defender all the way up to the 19-yard line. He's a big kid at 210 pounds. And he ran right over, I believe, Kevin Suttles and Elijah Eberhardt who were over there. It's a gain of about nine. He's a good size linebacker, size, and he plays quarterback too. So he's a he's a he's a hall to take hog to take down sometimes. Second and two. They're gonna let that play clock bleed down to 24 seconds. Inside six to go overall in the first half. Second and two with row from its own 18-yard line. Ingram will have with him in the backfield. Is gonna be. Keontae Deer, and they bring a tight end in. Damon Trice offset to the left. Now he's offset to the right as a wing back. There's a handoff running right with a Deer, trying to bounce outside of the 15, does so across the 20. He's going to get the first down, then he's pushed back at about the 21 yard line as Leroy Bowers came up to make the stop along with Jaheim Thomas and Jaden Scarborough. And that's going to be enough for a Withrow first down on a gain of about four up to the 21 yard line. Clock stop momentarily to set the chains, and now it starts to roll with 5.25 to go in the half. Princeton in no hurry. Play clock just down to 25. I, I, I like this for Withrow. It slows the game down, but I, I, I get what they're trying to do. You're trying to limit possessions as much as possible. The key is they got to make the most of their possessions. Yeah, definitely. It's a smart game plan to come in with, but when you start getting down 14 nothing and deep in your own territory, you have to start making some moves at some point. You're going to run out of time yourself. Yeah, five minutes now to go in the half, and they don't have any timeouts left. First down from the 21. High snap. Ingram gets it. Trying to run left out of trouble. In some trouble, and he's going to be dropped back at the 19-yard line. Ingram had to go high to catch the snap. There to drop him, Todd Harding, along with Joshua Younger and then Jaheim Thomas. They'll lose a couple back to the 19. Second and 12. Clock continues to roll. And you got to think if Princeton can keep them bottled up here, they may use one of their timeouts if they can get a stop here on third down. But right now it's second and 12. Two receivers right, one to the left. They have another wing back right. The running back, Deer, to the right of Ingram. Takes the shotgun snap. Tries to hand it off in the backfield. Deer's in some trouble. Trying to run wide left, and Kevin Suttles just dropped him. And are you going to get a face mask out of that? That's what it looks like here. They threw it right next to where Suttles was standing. When I mean, he just dropped him into the ground. That or a horse collar. He kind of whipped him around when he took him down, so I'm not sure what they're, if they get that. or Most likely going to be a face mask, though. Yeah, Suttles is arguing, I just grabbed the front of his jersey to jank him down, and I'm not so sure he's not right. Personal foul on the Vikings. 
Well, this would go in the category of questionable calls that yeah. Mike Daniels was talking about the pregame tonight. I mean, it was a it was a, a violent tackle, but I, I think that's for you. Yeah, right. I mean, no, that's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, so instead of a loss, the 15-yard penalty marks it up to the 31. It's another first down with throw with 4:10 to go in the half, and they can continue to bleed some clock if they want. Now they got to start to think about go time. Down 14, nothing. Wing left, two receivers right, one left. Ingram has a running back to his right in the shotgun, takes the snap, drops the throw, zings it over the middle, and goes in and out of hands of the intended receiver, Tim Pope. Pope reached one hand out there. Now I think we're getting a penalty. And I'm not so sure that's that's a I think that's a pretty good call. I thought the defender had an arm on Pope as he tried to run just a quick skinny post from the left wide receiver spot. And Prince, I think gonna get flagged for either a hold or a pass interference. Yep, yeah, pass be interference. A, be iron love there, didn't turn around for the ball at that time either. So he's trying to make it a play of the ball, but never turned his head. It's a 15-yard mark off, and on back-to-back -back penalties now, personal foul and a pass interference as, again, the penalties start to mount for Princeton. 30 yards in two plays is taken with throw from what would have been a third and about 15 back at the 16 to a first intended its own 46 with 3.51 to go in the half. Ingram has... Uh, they checked somebody in. Now you're going to get a legal participation as they tried to check a 12th player in. They've been shuttling guys in and out. I mean, they've been changing personnel grouping so much that that time, getting confused, Mose Jemison tried to come in the field. The problem was they already had 11 who broke in the huddle. They can't bring a 12th on. And he becomes the 12th, and hence they get flagged for five yards. Whatever happened today is to just leave guys in the game. <laughs> Not too common anymore. Nope. Here's Ingram. Takes the shotgun snap. Throws it over the middle and in and out of the hands of a leaping intended receiver. I believe that was captain. No, Ryan Moore make it. 14, not 12. Leroy Bowers would have had a play that. He's playing a little bit too deep there at the time, though. I'll tell you, they run those quick slant post patterns behind those linebackers in front of the safeties. They look open. They just can't connect on them. Second and 15 after the incompletion. Clock stop with 3.45 to go in the half. Princeton up 14 to nothing. Trying to get a stop and get maybe one more possession. They will have to kick to start the second half after Withrow deferred. Ingram, empty backfield. Three receivers right, two to the left. That's the closed side of the field. Now coming in motion is Deers. A bad snap, but Ingram catches it, slings it over the middle. Has a receiver, goes right through his hands, and that would have been six. Is streaking straight down the center of the field. Was captain and went right through his hands as he just had got behind the safety man. And I'll tell you, that ball was thrown on an absolute line. He dropped it at about the 30 as he was running by everybody. And that would have been six points for Withrow and should have been six points for Withrow. That's yeah, about Tyree's captain has to come down with right in his hands and wide open and nobody in front of him. Talked about the arm strength of Daniel Ingram, the quarterback. I mean, that was a about a 30-yard laser on the dime. After he fumbled the ball, he just yeah, got right. the hook and zipped it through. So now third and 15 for Ingram. As he's got an empty set, two receivers left. Now one comes in motion. There's another high snap. It's going to be bobbled. It's loose. And Princeton's got it to the 37-yard line. Ingram went up to try to get it, but it bounced away from him. And I think Robert Rutherford there to recover for Princeton. Second of plays with putting the ball on the ground there, and this one comes up costly here for Withrow Tigers. And then out in their own territory, so here if uh, Princeton can capitalize here, it's a three-score lead and really put some pressure on the Withrow offense, who's been, for the most part, trying to control, really trying to control the clock the entire night and really can't do that from that point. 
First turnover of the night after Princeton 4-6 last week. Four interceptions and two fumble recoveries. That one really wasn't a force. That was a gift. First down Princeton at the Withrow 37-yard line. 3.31 to go in the half. Horton in the shotgun has Boyd with him. Gives it to Boyd, trying to run to the outside right. Does so across the 35, and he's cut down at the 32. Is there to chop his feet down, Ryan Moore. Moore goes 5'7", 160. Again, Boyd, 6'1", 230, and that's about the best way you can tackle him if you're a little guy. Get as low as possible, and he did to chop him down at the 31, but a six-yard pickup. He's a boulder to take down here. They're using him interchangeably here in the backfield and trying to wear down this Tiger defense. Two receivers right, one wide left, Caleb Crawford. He's out there way by himself, the open side of the field. Horton takes it, fakes it, runs straight ahead, has plenty of running room, 25, 20, and he tries to hurdle the defender, and he's chopped down at the 15-yard line. Look, he tried to hurdle him and got somersaulted. Tyshawn Thomas is the one who cut him down, but not before MJ Horton picks up 16 yards and a first down to the 15-yard line. It's kind of unfair what they're doing here to this Tiger defense. They're using the speed of Horton to, wear, to get him off the way worn down. They're wearing him down here with, Tyler, with Boyd in the backfield. First down from the 15, Horton takes the snap and in some trouble. He didn't fake that handoff. Looked like he just wanted to run. Now he loses his helmet again. As they're to wrap him up and drop him for a loss was James Coates. And Horton's gonna have to come back out again. Second time tonight, he's lost his helmet. If you get it ripped off, you can stay in the game, but if you lose it, you have to come out for a play, and that's what he's gonna have to do, and Dorian Durham will come back in. Loss of three back to the 18. Clock really not a factor. Princeton has all three timeouts. And 2.05 to go in the half. Into the game at wide receiver and going wide right. Rodney Harris Jr. in there. And inside of him in a slot is Foster. Caleb Crawford to the left. Boyd with Durham, gets the handoff, has plenty of room inside the 10, inside the five, lowers his shoulder at the two and takes it down to the one yard line. Thomas Boyd off right guard, they're starting to crease up front. There to save the touchdown for the time being was Zion Shaw, or no, actually Keandre Hurd. And it'll be first to go Princeton at the one yard line. I say give it to Boyd again and let him power it in there, he earned that one. Durham stays in, takes the snap, hands Boyd, runs into the end zone and carries a tackler with him across the goal line for the Princeton touchdown. And it's exactly what they did the entire drive here. Use Horton on the ground for the speed to wear you down and wearing you down some more physically. You put in Boyd and Boyd uh, carrying that last couple of parts, about 15 yards there in the last two carries that uh, carries up the touchdown here. Boyd led this team in rushing last year with 700 yards. He had to battle some injuries. Carried eight times for 31 yards last week, and if you recall, Kyle left that game with an injury for a good chunk of it. So Everson two for two tonight, six for six on the year to try the point after. Good snap, the hold is down, the kick is on the way, and it is good, just inside the left upright for the second straight time. So Princeton, with a minute 34 to go in the first half, has scored for the third time in quarter number two. It's now Princeton 21 with row nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports. Budget Door of Cincinnati has you covered. We specialize in repair and installation of commercial doors, security gates, and dock levelers. With affordable rates, 24-hour commercial service, and free replacement quotes, Budget Door can help you with any of your dock or door projects. Have an issue with your home garage door or opener? Budget Door can help with that, too. Servicing the tri-state area for over 30 years, Budget Door offers quality service at a budget price. Call 513-851-6644 to schedule your door repair or replacement today.
Welcome back here to Pat Mancuso Field, Viking Stadium. Richard Skinner, Kyle Howard, our producer engineer, Zach Waddell, and a very nice night for high school football. Great crowds turned out from the Princeton side. Not a whole lot of folks from Withrow have ventured over the sideline and the stands across from us, but boy, on this near side, as I look down towards the end zone, we got people standing around the fence line and a pretty good crowd. Not all the seats filled in, but a good chunk of them. As here's the kickoff away, and it's going to sail into the end zone for a touchback. So a nice job by Hayden Cobbs to kick that. It landed at the one, bounced in the end zone for automatic touchback. So now for Princeton, they've got three timeouts they can use here on defense. And the question for Withrow is, do you try to pass to get out of the hole, or do you try to run to make them use those timeouts? They've got nothing on the ground for the most part other than a couple of runs by the quarterback, Ingram, who has thrown some passes that, frankly, should have been caught. He hasn't had a great night. From a statistical standpoint, throwing the ball either. We'll get you the updated stats at halftime. So first and 10 for Withrow from its own 20. Last drive ended in a turnover off of a bad shotgun snap, and you got to worry about that too a little bit. Ingram sends two receivers right, one to the left. He's got next to him in the backfield, Keontae Deer. He's got a wing, no, actually double slots each way now. Ingram takes the snap. Going to hand it to Deer. And Deer's going to be snowed under. He fights his way maybe back to the line of scrimmage. There's six gray-shirted Viking defenders that just wrapped him up. Ingram thought about pulling it and then thought, you know what, if I pull this, they're going to get me. So I'll let you take the brunt. And now Prince is going to take that timeout. Well, you see have, uh, have Withrow trying to be uh, conservative here and take it to halftime. And you have Prince being aggressive trying to get the ball back and get another last-second score here. Exactly. I think it's a smart thing to do. They actually gave him a loss of a yard back to the 19. So 118 is the time remaining in the half. It'll be second and 11 at the 19. This is this is a tough spot here, and this is where if you're Princeton, see if your team can take this thing over. What throw? You cannot afford another mistake here, deep in your own territory. And you, I think you can tell by that first play that was pretty much just a, a, a read option, but really not much of a read. It was more of a handoff. I think they were trying to see if they could get some. Actually, the clock was reset to 125 is when the timeout was taken. Princeton unofficially with two timeouts left. Scoreboard still showing three. Withrow is out of timeouts. But obviously, Princeton took that timeout on defense. So here we go. Both teams back out on the field on the second 11 play. Two receivers go to the right, two to the left. Deer to the right. Well, now he's going to go to the left of the quarterback. Ingram stands in the shotgun, looks at a four-man front. Now a five-man front. Now they reset the running back to his right. Claps his hands, gets the snap, looks to throw, guns it over the middle, short hops his intended receiver. Good coverage by Leroy Bowers as he tried to sneak one into Captain, who had curled up at about the 25, but it short hopped him incomplete, so Princeton doesn't have to use a timeout on that one. And there's 122. That play took only three seconds. And it'll be third and 11. So here's where you need to crank it up defensively if you're the Princeton defense. A lot of times when Ingram takes that snap, he really doesn't drop to throw. He rolls on occasion, but he'll take the snap and just stand there like a statue and gun it to the first available receiver he sees. Third and 11, Ingram by himself in the shotgun, empty set, three receivers left, or right, two left. Now he's just going to keep on a quarterback run, trying to run right to the outside. Cuts it up at the 20, and he's going to be tackled from behind by Jaheim Thomas, about four yards shy of the first down at the 27, and another timeout for Princeton. Boy, Jaheim Thomas, who's going to UC, is just an impressive player. He ran that down from behind with just some great speed to close in and make the tackle, and timeout with 113 to go, and with yeah. it, we're going to punt it. It's going to be a big... 
addition for that Bearcats defense. Now he's just a good looking athlete. We saw him last week. He was rushing the passer, causing trouble, making tackles in the run game, recorded an interception when they went out and asked him to go out and cover the slot, 6'4", 220 pounds. Just a good looking athlete for sure, and a good looking player, he's a smart player. So they mark it at the 26, it'll be fourth and four, and Withrow will punt, see if they go after it. Ingram had a snap early in the game go high that he had the one hand knocked to himself, it bounced on the turf, he picked it up and actually got a good punt away. We'll see if Princeton tries to rush this punt. The one thing here is you gotta stay on side. If you jump off here, it'll give him a first down. Princeton has nobody back at the moment. And now they will send Foster back by himself. And he will stand at about the 50-yard line. So he doesn't expect a long punt here. I'm surprised they don't back him up a little bit. Princeton showing a 10-man look here at the moment. And now we got a timeout from somebody. Timeout Princeton. Boy, you hate to use that timeout because you had the clocks. You just stopped the clock with a timeout. And that's the last one for Princeton. They look confused on what they wanted to do on special teams, Kyle. I'm not sure if they were going for the block or if they were going to show block and go back and return it. And the confusion led to them taking a timeout. So Princeton will be out. Both teams out of timeouts with a minute 13 to go in the half. That's a disappointing timeout to have to take. Yeah, definitely when you're trying to maybe score a last-second touchdown here before the end of the half. And I got a burn here in special teams. And part of it, too, is maybe they wanted to take a timeout to say, listen, don't get caught with one of those crazy hard counts and give up a free five yards because if you do on fourth and four it'll be a first down oh, let's see up again foster going to go back and he stands he's inside the 50 at the moment that's only 20 yards from the line of scrimmage now he's going to back up a little bit princeton has all guys standing up they look like they want to come we throw trying to point at who they're supposed to block here's the snap back and ingram gets the punt away it's a wobbly one headed for the sideline it's going to bounce back in bounds and then bounces backwards at the 47 in Princeton territory. And the Vikings will have good field position with 104 to go in the half, but keep in mind they are out of timeouts. And MJ Horton in two games is not shown to be all that accurate of a passer. He's done some great things with his legs. Had a 70 yard TD run wiped out last week, but here in the second quarter raced 80 yards for a touchdown. Dorian Durham really been the passer for this team here. and. He does. It. He is on the field currently, so it's. Uh, in no, it's Scarborough. I thought the same thing me. before. Yeah, I thought I thought it was five and not six. It looks like a five from up here. Thought maybe they had a little trick play going. Now remember, they like to run the hook and lateral play, so maybe they'll try some of that. They got it for a touchdown last week. Got it for a touchdown three or four times last year. So Horton in the shotgun takes the snap, drops the throw, looking. He wants to sling one deep down the right side, throwing it for Burke Halter goes up and it goes in and out of his hands, incomplete. He tried to high point that ball as he jumped up in man coverage. Rose Jamison was in coverage. Burkhalter almost with a very nice catch. They had him one-on-one -on -one to the outside. 57 seconds to go in the half. Second and 10, Princeton from its own 46. Burkhalter just now getting back to the huddle. He was the widest receiver of all out wide right. That's where he's going again. Scarborough is gonna go inside him in the slot this time. That's the open side of the field. Two receivers left, Price to the right of the receiver, in, and actually Scarborough was uncovered, but they didn't see it. Horton takes the snap, wants to set up the screen, does so to Price, and he can't hang on to it. Probably a little too anxious. He had running room and blockers, and that might have been six. Yeah, he, was, he, saw, the, he saw the green in front of him and just uh, couldn't hang on that time. It was not a great pass from Horton. He kind of jumped past it. It was high, but one that Price certainly should have caught, and if he had, with the blockers in front, he may still be running the end zone. Especially with the wheels he has. Yep. 
So 51 seconds, and now third and 10, Princeton on its own 46. Burkhalter this time, lone man wide right. Three come to the left, Price to the left of Horton in the shotgun. The Princeton, or the Withrow defense doesn't have anybody deep. Here comes the blitz, Horton in some trouble, trying to run away from it, cannot, he's going to be sacked back at the 44. They came with the blitz, and there to get him was Riley Simpson. He loss of two, and Princeton really didn't even have to run another play. Play clock's at 34, game clock is at 30. If you're Princeton, maybe you just sling one deep here on fourth down. They don't have a timeout left. Mike Daniels has his offense come over to talk. I mean, you could sling one here or run a screen. You could run a play without really hurting you unless you turned it over. Well, they don't have to it's run a play here. They might just be running out here to. Yeah. Looks like they're going to run out, walk off the field here. They don't yeah. have to run another play. No, they're going to head off the field down to three seconds, down to two, and that will do it for half number one. So Princeton, after a scoreless first quarter, gets three touchdowns in quarter number two, including an 80-yard touchdown run from MJ Horton. And here at halftime, it is Princeton 21 with throw nothing. Coming up next, a segment of the Angry Quarterbacks podcast with myself and Tony Pike. We'll be back in about 15 or so minutes to recap the first half, look ahead to the second half, and have the second half play-by-play for you. Again here at halftime at Pat Mancuso Field Viking Stadium on home opening night for the Princeton Vikings. It's Princeton 21. We throw nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Creating beautiful smiles every day, that is what we do at Casanelli Shanker and Baker Orthodontics. These board-certified orthodontists treat both children and adults and use traditional braces, clear ceramic brackets, and Invisalign to meet their individual patient needs. With offices conveniently located in Westchester and Blue Ash, they provide flexible payment options, convenient hours, and high-quality care. For a free new patient exam, contact Casanelli Shanker and Baker Orthodontics at 513-777-7060. Welcome to another edition of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike of Reading High School, UC, and Carolina Panthers fame. We're broadcasting, as we always do, from the James Rapine Memorial Studio. We'll talk some high school football, some NFL and Bengals, some college football with a huge game just up I-71 in Columbus, UC, traveling to take on Ohio State. Is that we, this week? It is this week. Oh. That's, that's what they said, at least. Oh. Huh. Are you going to be there? Yep. All right. Well, we'll talk about it, okay? Yep. Sound like a plan? Great. All right, let's do it. We're going to start with some high school football, though. Week one is in the books in uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, Southeast Indiana finishing week two. And uh, actually, in Northern Kentucky, they technically finished week one, but some teams have already played two games because they have a week zero. Did you jot all that down? Got it. All right. Week zero. Week zero. Bye. Bye, week. Sorry about some of the the, 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 the bigger team wins in Cincinnati uh, last week. We'll start with, with Elder, which was our number one team in the local 12, top 12 Um and certainly played like it, I thought, in, yes. in their opening win at Kahana Lincoln, winning 41-6. to Big night for a quarterback, Matthew Luby. He threw, it was only 4-7 of seven for 111 yards passing, but carried seven times for 241 yards and two touchdowns, so 350 yards. I think that speaks to, A, his athleticism, but B, yep. we talked about that, that big offensive line that Elder has. I think they're going to be very good. Yeah, this, this jumps out of typical 
elder punch in the mouth type of play that they've been accustomed to with Doug Ramsey at, at elder. Uh, whether it's been, you know, you go back to the Bradley Gladhauer days, uh, the ground and pound. And in recent years, he's made that transition of, look, we're going to use our quarterback to run more. And when you do that, you even out the numbers. If, if, if yeah, because he's not accounted yeah, for a lot yeah. of time. If, if the linebacker, if the defense and if the D-line and linebackers have seven and you only have six blocking with a running game, well, you're you're a guy short. Now you use the running back as a blocker. You get head on head there, and, and now you have a chance to to free up. And, and I think Elder's done a better job than most teams around here to utilize that over the last couple of years, and they also have had the quarterbacks to do it. Yeah, I mean, Peyton, Peyton right. Ramsey, and he was a dual threat. Michael Bittner was, yep. be, became a better thrower, but he was a great runner. Right. And, and now Matthew guys, Luby. All those guys you thought they can run, but it, when they need to, they can make right. throws. And, right. and, and that's certainly the case. And when you look at up front, the talent they have on the offensive line, you look at the talent they have at tight end, that's going to be – if you can run the ball like that, guess what? Play action, down the field shots become a lot more uh, beneficial and a lot easier to take for that elder offense that I think – showed why you and I both had them number one early. Yep. Uh, Elder plays uh, Friday against Indianapolis Cathedral. That Indy Cathedral team just beat Moeller 28 to oh. nothing. I didn't have Moeller in the in the local 12 top 12 to start yeah. the year. I don't regret the decision now. I, I, it's going to be a long year for the Crusaders, yeah. it looks like. It's going to be a long year. And, and you see a, a score 28 nothing. it's easy to say, oh, it's just bad on both sides. Like I, I, I think the Moeller defense battled. Eight, yeah, they turned it over eight turned times. Turned it over eight times. And... and one of those was returned for a touchdown. Another returned. I mean, it, you you put the defense in a lot of bad situations. It was seven nothing at halftime, and so and, they yeah. yeah Muller Muller played about as bad as you could. Uh, it just it it's not a. I I knew when Rossfeld left, they didn't have a ton coming back from that team last year, and I know they're young, especially on the offensive right. line. So you go through your your scars this year, but man, when you when you start off in a game like that. And I don't think Cathedral's the power that they have been in years right. past. And they turned the ball over a bunch too, but eight turnovers, 28 nothing. Could have been a lot worse. Could have been worse. And, and even Muller, through their scrimmages, haven't scored the ball at a high rate. So it, it's going to be a struggle for this offense going forward this year. Uh, another team in the GCL South, St. Xavier, with a nice win over Brownsburg, Indiana, 38-17. Brownsburg was ranked... I believe two, number two in 5A uh, in Indiana. So that was a pretty good win for them. And a really good night for their quarterback, Matthew Reavy, 21 of 35, 301 yards passing. It didn't look like they run, ran the ball great, but they certainly got it done with Matthew Reavy. And and I know you're high on him. I know you work yeah. with him. So uh, certainly a good night, good start for him. Yeah, well, you you get to see why. And, and it, it's been hard for Matthew Reavy the last couple of years. You've sat behind Chase Wolf. You sat behind Wyatt Hudipole for most of the season last year. What I like about... Matthew's game is they they've now transitioned uh they bring in uh, Andrew Coverdale from Trinity as an offensive coordinator and that offense that they're running is a lot of pro style stuff so it's not the typical shotgun no huddle spread they knew they had a deficiency on offensive line you lose Paris Johnson right. to Princeton right. and and they've implemented a lot more play action pass they move the pocket and they take chances and what coach Coverdale has is a quarterback that knows when to take the chance and when not they ran a wheel route, like a throwback pass the other night, and it wasn't there, and the ball's thrown away. And that sounds like a simple play, but too many times guys try right. to fit that no, in. No doubt. Or they hold onto the ball too long. It is a very smooth relationship right now from offensive coordinator to quarterback on the field, and a lot of that comes from the time that Matthew puts in outside of football on the mental side of the game and understand the offense. And I think like I, there was a lot of unknowns coming in, 
St. X against, like you said, Batesville wasn't a bad team. Brownsboro, yeah. But but yeah, Browns, yeah, yeah, yeah no, they're a good team. They're, yeah. they're a good team, and, and St. X pretty much handled them in a lot of different ways. I think St. X has put themselves kind of at the top there with Elder of that, that division. I would agree. Uh, they play the big rivalry game this week with Coleraine. Coleraine did get a, get a win in the first game yeah. without Tom Bolton as a head coach, but only had 225 yards. They did hold, hold Hubert Heights Wayne to 273, so that Coleraine defense probably still has enough juice in it, but I think that offense is going to continue to be a work in progress. Yeah, they, they've, they've tried to, to run out there through the preseason two different offenses. And a, a passing a quarterback and an option. Different. Like yeah. you have an option guy and you have a passing guy. Well, you can't go through the season with both. So you have to decide on one and go with it. And you got to put more time practice because you got to imagine how their practices go right now. Probably half the reps option, half the rep shotgun. So you need full reps going into weeks, especially a week like this. Yeah. You got to make a decision and go for it. I'm, I'm interested to see Cole Rain. Uh, because I know they scrimmaged Lakota West and Lakota West beat them. And Lakota West and Lakota just Lakota lost. West lost pretty bad to LaSalle. Yeah. So I'm interested to see this week if, if Cole Rain is still going to be the Cole Rain that has to be reckoned with in that GMC. Because yeah, we because know what other, Princeton is. We know what Fairfield Fairfield's is. really good, yeah. So it, it'll be interesting because Cole Rain, we talked last week, they want to be the top dog still and they got the chip on the shoulder. This week is going to go a long way in seeing how close they are to where they've been. Yeah. Speaking of other GMC teams, Fairfield with a with an opening win. Juton McClain doing his thing, 20 yep. carries for 168 yards, but their defense allowed only 128 yards. So uh, you talk, this feels like one of those years in Princeton. We broadcast the game. I did it for, for ESP Media. I'll be doing it all year long. We did it this past Friday against Milford. Uh, they did not look great offensively. In fact, Paris Johnson really struggled. Had a couple of holding penalties. Had a couple of smaller guys use their quickness around him. But, boy, I thought defensively that Jaheim Thomas, who's going to UC, yep. and Darian Henry, who's going to Ohio State, are just wreckers. If they stay healthy, those two guys are yep. almost impossible to block up front. The question is, can they get enough offense? Uh, MJ Horton, the quarterback, really struggled with his accuracy. Yep. Uh, went out for a play with cramps. Dorian Durham came in, and he threw a touchdown pass on a right. third and eight play. Um, but well, that was And that was a quarterback battle going on through camp. Through camp, correct. So I don't know if, if maybe they look and they make some type of change going forward. Uh, and you certainly you talk about those two defenders. What's the what's been Colerain's mo? They they can run the ball. Yep. So if you got two guys that can stop the run like that, maybe Colerain should look at going into that pass again because Princeton they check all the boxes. They, they do. I mean, defensively especially. Yep. Offensively, I think they're still trying to find what right. are they. They've got two different running backs. Thomas Boyd is a bigger back. Um, you know, James Price is a smaller back. Price had some some good runs. Boyd had a good series where he kind of got things settled and ran for for a couple times for a first down. But I, I don't know if they if they have an identity yet on offense. I yeah. thought I thought that offensive line, especially with Paris Johnson, would be able to push uh, Milford around, and it really didn't. Mm-hmm. Now they did gain yards and they won the game thirty eight to seven, but uh, it was a fourteen seven game early in the fourth quarter. So they yeah. were in a dogfight against a Milford team that lost a bunch of people from last year. Their quarterbacks right. back, but they lost a bunch of folks from from yeah, last year. The other thing I don't know about Princeton. I just don't know the schedule is going to challenge them a ton this year. Well, in the GMC it, challenge and the Cole Rain game, correct? And correct. you get to, yeah. So I just it'll be interesting to see because I think Prince is one of those teams that's going to come playoffs before you really know what they're going what to be. They're I think that's yeah. probably fair. That, that that's, that's probably right. Uh, also in the GMC, Sycamore with a fifty to twenty win over Loveland. Sycamore had two hundred and thirty eight yards rushing and held Loveland to hundred and seventy eight yards in that one. How about Hamilton with a nice win? Mm-hmm. I, I and I saw them last year. I did a TV game for uh, of Hamilton's. 
Um, and they were young. In fact, yep. the night the night I did the TV game, they ended up having to, to put a freshman running back at quarterback because they were so injured. It was basically just an old single wing stuff. They really couldn't do much out of it. And they were playing a good Colerain team, yep. and that kind of factored in. But they outgained West Claremont 370 to 71 yards. I know people before the year were telling me, don't don't sleep on them. They, yep. they you know they were they didn't have a good year last year, but they've got some talent, and they do. Um, I, I that, that's a good opening win for them. Yeah, I mean, and and what it does, especially in the game of high school football, when you talk new coach, correct? Yes. So you get the new coach, you get new coordinators. What that does is kind of solidify. If I'm a player on that team, and now I see, okay, this is what we've been taught, and look at it working. You got you got the quick buy-in. Yep. Now you're okay. Boom. I'm bought in. Now it's 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 no longer. Oh, I got to go to practice today. It's okay. What are we going to get done today? What's new today? What are we What are we building on? And that's the environment that's kind of being created at Hamilton right now. And that's a, a really good step forward for that team. Yep. Let's, let's hop back to the, the GCL South for a minute, and it's kind of a crossover because you mentioned it a moment ago. LaSalle beating Lakota West thirty-one to seven. They held West to one hundred sixty-four yards. You know, LaSalle had that great run of of mm-hmm. three state championships, and and it felt like kind of okay. That was a great run. You had a good run of talent. The talent kind of dried up a little bit, and you know, is it ever going to come back? I'm I'm interested to see how this LaSalle team evolves this year. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that was a good opening win for them as well against Tom Bolden's crew. Well, we we've talked going into the season and on last week's show about there's so many unknowns this year, and is it really after one week do we really know much? But there, I know more stuff to watch now. Yes, I want to yeah. see. Okay, is X going to continue to compete with Elder? Can LaSalle get to the top? Because both X and LaSalle have checked the box week one as well. Uh, and, and when you have the best kicker in the country, that doesn't hurt. Right. So that that's a thing in high school football. All of a sudden, if you get to like the 30, 35-yard line, you're in field goal range. You don't get that in high school a lot. You don't get the chance to get points on the board. So you add in special teams. That means kickoffs. Oh, where you don't it, have to worry about no, it is return so, it, game. I it, mean, it's a huge aspect. We, you know, we see NFL long snappers and punters and, and kickers right. be so consistent and so good in high school football. It really can be right. a game changer. I mean, I, I'm watching the Princeton Milford game the other night, and and long snaps back to the punter were a complete adventure. Yep. I mean, and they just are. Just it's not an right. easy thing to do. Um, so I think we take it for granted. and I think it can be a big part of the game for sure. Yeah, and I, and I think too the people have wondered. You know, is the is the, the cupboard empty at LaSalle yet because they had that great run. Right. And I think that week one, again, you can take scrimmages for what it's worth, but Lakota West, for all accounts, beat, beat Colerain in a scrimmage. And LaSalle handled Lakota West pretty easy. Yeah. So I think that's a great, great first week for LaSalle. Yeah, LaSalle gets uh, Mason next. Mason coming off a, a surprisingly score-wise 34-7 yeah. loss to Springboro. Uh, maybe a bad first week and maybe not a good season ahead for Mason. We'll find out a little bit more uh, this coming week. Team that really kind of opened eyes, and, and I, I, I knew they were good. You knew they were good. We did their playoff game last year, but Winton Woods went yeah. up and just train-wrecked Trotwood Madison. Maya Williams had another typical, it really didn't even have a huge game. He carried for 131 yards, something like that. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a huge, huge game for Maya Williams. But their defense is so yep. good. Um, they, they, I think they, they, they've got to be up there for teams to beat in the state in, in, in Division yep. Two. And I'm probably not telling people something they don't know. But, man, just to go up to Troutwood and handle them like that, that to me went, okay, they are that good. Yeah, what I, what I tell people about Wenton Woods, I said very rarely in sports can you build hype around a team and then go see the team and still be impressed. Right. So, like, so, so for example, like you could build hype around, you know, you got to go watch this guy play, and you go, and it's like, oh, he's good. But, you know, to the hype, I just didn't see it. Like, 
Go see go see Mayan Williams Woods play. Yeah. Go see Mayan Williams, yeah. and you'll walk away and say, "Okay, I see it. I see it. You, like you, that, will, you will. We promise you, you will see right. it." Right. Yeah. So you don't get that all the time because there's there's fake hype and there's hype around people for different reasons, and social media does so much. Go watch them play, and you'll see why the hype around this team is real because they are a real threat. And Mayan Williams is a real candidate for Mr. Ohio. No question. A couple other uh, quick notes uh, in in Ohio. Just a couple other windows of note. Anderson uh, beat Simon Kenton pretty handily. Anderson beating Simon Kenton didn't surprise me. The, the final score did. I don't know if it says less about Simon Kenton, more about Anderson. And then Turpin with a, with a good opening win over Lakota East, 35-21. So a couple good wins for, yeah. for ECC schools there. And we have to mention defending Division Four State champ Wyoming, 500 yards total offense in their opening win over Columbus Academy. How about Evan Prater's stat line? 13-17, yeah. 217 yards, two touchdowns, and he ran for 89 yards and four more scores. So he accounted for six of their seven touchdowns in that football game. Uh, yeah, the... Uh... Highest-rated recruit ever at UC, yep. getting off to a, a great start. And that's more than can be said about a lot of the CHL because if you combine Taylor, Finningtown, Deer Park, and Redding, those four teams had six points combined this week. That's not a good stat. That's not a good, that's not a good stat. A, Indian Hill had a good win, though. Indian yeah. Hill, yeah, yeah, but, but Deer yeah. Park, shut out. <laughs> Redding, shut out. Taylor, shut out. Shut out. By Lawrenceburg. <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, six points for Finning There you go. Um, in not Kentucky, a not a banner week. In Kentucky, Covecath off to a two and zero start. They have not allowed a point in their two games to Ryland Campbell County. How about in the Campbell County game? They they I don't even say allowed. That's not the right. They held Campbell County to minus fifty eight yards rushing and minus forty seven yards for the game. Uh, yes. Would you start punting on first down if that if your offense was going backwards like that? Yeah, you have to quick the quick kick. You, 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 you almost definitely would have to. Uh, Highlands uh, had a tough loss to uh, Knoxville Catholic. Nothing to be ashamed of. 31-28. I still am looking forward to that highlands Cath matchup down the road. And I think Ryle jumped back into to the site in mm-hmm. Kentucky because we took for granted. All right, Covcath shut them out week one. Maybe it says a little bit about, yeah, Covcath still as good as they've been. And Ryle maybe is not so good. But maybe they are. Maybe Covcath is just that good. They went and beat Connor, which got a good opening round, opening week Win at Madison Central, beat them 34-10, to so a good one there. And in Indiana, East Central, beating Oak Hills 28 to nothing, held mm-hmm. Oak Hills to two first downs and 30 total yards of offense. Oak Hills running the wing tee this year. Didn't sound like it got off to such a flaming start. Not a good start. Uh, my guy, uh, Garrett Unit Lawrenceburg, had a good bounce back against he did. Taylor. He did, yes. Uh, Brody Reeder at Little Miami had a good week. It is, you, you mentioned the, the inability to run the ball. And defense is holding teams to minus yard. I've seen that a lot more in football at the start of this year. People don't realize like if you can stop the run in high school and you get second and ten and third and ten situations, it's really hard to throw the ball. Well, like and, the, the, and, and, the, and to me, if you're not running it, obviously that starts up front, right? Yeah. So if you're not running it, chances are those guys aren't going to pass block very well Correct. either. So I mean, that all kind of comes part, part right. and parcel. The, the running game when you see teams like Winton Woods and Mayan Williams, that's why it's so important because even if people hold Mayan Williams in check, you're still getting to second and five, right, right. third and three situations, which is a lot easier to, to deal with than third and 12 and things like that. Yeah, taking a five-step drop and having a guy in your face when you put that back foot down, that's, uh, that's not a good way to go for Correct. sure. All right, when we continue, we got some NFL and Bengals to talk. It's week one of the NFL season, and we still got a big college football segment with UC and Ohio State looming on Saturday you in Columbus. Gonna, you weren't going to talk about Roger Bacon? Uh, oh, the fight? Yeah, I guess I guess we could for a second. Uh, the Roger Dick Bacon Dunbar game. Yeah. I, I, have you seen the video? Yes. I, I'm not sure I've ever seen a player go after an official like that. Have you? Well, I, I've seen players get angry with officials. You may occasionally, you yeah. know, put your hand on one and, and you immediately regret it. I mean, that 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 official looked 
absolutely fearful of that kid in the, in the moment. Yeah, and you could and tell, I get it. I mean, you could tell the helmet. I mean, it wasn't a light shot. It no. was a headbutt with his helmet on. And the scary thing is, if coaches and players weren't out there, he was going after the other official. Oh, I know he was. And and, and who knows, in that rage, if he would have got to that official, what would have happened? I, it, it, it's a great question. I mean, that is, that is one of the, the scarier things that, that I've seen on a high school football field. I agree field. with you. And, and obviously there's no place in football for behavior like that. And it takes away from, you know, Roger Bacon's got a really good running back who you want to see more right. of, and, and you don't get a chance to because of situations like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I until I saw the video, you know, I'd heard, I'd heard what taken, had taken place on, on Friday. The video, though, was even more eye-opening to me, just yeah. watching the rage of that, that, that kid, yeah, holy a, cow. Yep. He can't ever play again, no, right? No. I mean, it's no a pretty chance. simple decision. Yep. Okay. Can't put him back out All there. Right. All right. When we continue, we will talk some Bengals in NFL, college football, and more. It's the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner. He's Tony Pike from the James Rapine Memorial Studio and your friends at ESP Media. 32 years, Nelson & Associates, a family-owned, Ohio-based, full-service real estate company, has specialized in the management and development of affordable housing communities. Choose Nelson & Associates for all of your real estate needs, whether it's sales, development, property management, or consulting. We are an experienced professional team providing quality service. For more information about Nelson & Associates, please visit us on the web at www.nelsonasc.com or call us at 513-961-6011. Here to Pat Mancuso Field, Viking Stadium. I'm Richard Skinner with Kyle Howard, our producer engineer Zach Waddell. We're at halftime where Princeton leads with row 21 to nothing. And Kyle, kind of a sluggish first quarter for the Princeton Vikings, but when we look at the halftime statistics, really Princeton wound up dominating that first half of play. Yeah, just uh, if you look at the rushing stats specifically, uh, they're 22 rushes for 181 yards compared to Withrow's 12 for 27. Uh, they, well, another big one that sticks down here, the total yardage here, 27 plays for 189 yards for Princeton, uh, just 23 plays for 48 yards for Woodrow. So getting it done defensively there. Uh, one kind of sticks out to me that's strange here, uh, given the score and given the, uh, the yards we just gave you here. Uh, Woodrow has two sacks for 10 yards. Princeton hasn't gotten to the quarterback yet tonight. Yeah, and he, he really doesn't do much other than take a snap and get rid of it. He gets rid of it quickly, but really doesn't take a take a drop. Now, Daniel Inger, we saw him throw some really good passes in the first half, but he only wound up two for 11 on his completions in the half. Didn't complete one for a big first down on a third down play. Uh, but really, Princeton took charge, and the defense once again. That's now six quarters of football this year, and if not for a questionable pass interference penalty, in the end zone against uh, Milford. This team may be pitching a shutout for the season at this point. Yeah, it's been very impressive what they were able to do, but in the secondary and up front so far this year here, it's been, uh, it's been total dominance from, from the start. Take a look at scores from around the area, most of the GMC. At halftime, Kings and Sycamore tied at 17. The big game of the night, St. Xavier leads Colerain 21-7. Fairfield over Springfield, 7-0. It's Lakota West, 23, Centerville, nothing. LaSalle on top of Mason, 10-0. Simon Kenton from Kentucky leads Oak Hills 7-2. So the first points of the year for Oak Hills come on a safety. They get shut out in week one by East Central. Hamilton 14, Anderson 7. That's a good game and told a lot of good things about this Hamilton team. So we're off to a pretty good start if they can finish that one off. It is Lakota East and Fairmont tied at three apiece. Springboro leads Middletown 17-7. Another game you can hear on ESP Media. Trinity leads uh, Moeller 21-0. Moeller's now been outscored 49 to nothing to start this season. 
and another big game, Indy Cathedral, which came down here last week and shut Moeller out by that 28 to nothing score. Elder leads Cathedral in a tight one, seven to nothing is the score there. Here it's 21 nothing, Princeton with the lead. And to start the second half, Withrow will receive the football. It's been a very nice night for football, even with the sun has gone down, it's been very comfortable temperatures for a late summer night. Of course, next week, Princeton is the last of the two non-conference games, the last week over Milford and then this one tonight. They will open GMC play at Sycamore. Their scheduled features at Sycamore, then Coleraine at home at Lakota East at Middletown. So a chance to get off to maybe a good start in the GMC. And one of those teams that may be a chance to beat for a change, the Coleraine Cardinals. And depends on how that game turns out tonight, but St. X with a pretty good lead and maybe a year where this league is a little bit more wide open with Princeton in the mix, Fairfield in the mix. Uh, certainly uh, those teams, Sycamore, may be in the mix as well. So uh, that's how things will start for the Princeton Vikings in Greater Miami Conference play. Both teams continuing to get warmed up. Warmed up. I guess the nice thing, Kyle, is not a lot of humidity in the air, so hopefully we don't get the cramping issues we got last week in the uh, in the second half. But it feels like every time this time of year, we get them no matter what the weather, to be honest with you. Last week wasn't it was more humid than tonight, but still it wasn't that humid last week. Right. We saw quite a few in the fourth quarter, so... Even the third quarter last week right. as well. So, uh, hoping uh, everybody can stay, stay safe out there tonight and injury-free the rest of the way. But it's uh, it is a nice, cool evening tonight. We got a little bit of a breeze, but really, really good night for football tonight. Well, well Princeton's come over to the sideline to get set to kick this off. With throw off to our right, huddled around their coaching staff. Their defense did a pretty good job in that first quarter to keep things nothing-nothing, and offensively they tried to slow the pace of the game down, letting the play clock run as much as they could, but really couldn't generate much drives. Yeah, when you look at the time of possession, 12.53 for Princeton, 11.07 for Withrow, really not much separation there, but scores 21-0 in favor of Princeton. So Withrow's game plan was to take control of the clock. It just didn't seem to work out. The game clock is now ready. And the Princeton defense will be out there first to start the second half. They generated one turnover in the first half, and really it wasn't generated by the defense as much as it was generated by a bad snap from center. It did lead to the third touchdown of that second quarter for Princeton, a fumble that the Vikings recovered on the Withrow 37-yard line. Robert Rutherford got the recovery, got the gift when the snap was high, and Ingram, the quarterback, had to try to jump up and get it, got a piece of it, but when he did, it knocked it back to the turf. So standing back deep, for Withrow to the far side, Tyrese captain to the near side will be Keontae Deer. Deer had a kickoff go off his shoulder pads in the first half, but got lucky for him, it bounced right back up to him. And one of the kickoffs in that first half resulted in a touchback. As back into kick it away is Hayden Cobbs. Drilled one, his last kickoff, it bounced at the one and into the end zone for a touchback. Princeton going left to right as you look at whatever device you're listening to us on, your phone, Radio in your mind, however you want to picture it, but they will go left to right as they get set to kick it off on this very nice Friday night of high school football. I say that for a change because the last few years it's certainly felt like the weather has not been kind to us. Got a good crowd on hand here for the home opener at Pat Mancuso Field Viking Stadium. So here we go, second half about underway. Princeton on top, 21-0. Cobb's waiting to move on the football. Gets the signal, now does so. Pops a kick to the near side that is going to bounce at the 20. Bounce backwards, a live ball. Princeton's got it. What a great hustling play to come down on special teams for the Vikings. 
It was Sterling Burkhalter who scooped it up. And now we got a tussle between players and out to the 20-yard line. I think Princeton's going to maintain possession of the football. They popped that. That looked like a planned play, Kyle, because that was popped right into no man's land. The deep back didn't hustle up. Deer just kind of watched it frozen. And then Princeton got the lucky bounce when it bounced straight backwards. And Burkhalter was able to come down and scoop it up. It was almost as if they f forgot that they weren't playing a punt. It was a right. kickoff with the ball was live there. Yeah, but well, here, Princeton knew it. Princeton will get the football here, but they're going to get backed up here. There's some extra shoving going on at the end here, which is, again, unless, we go back to the penalties. Just yeah, unless you get off setting, maybe. I don't know. They're, they're gonna it's leave possible. It, yeah, I think they're going to leave it at the 21. I think you're going to get them both ways here. Great hustling play by Sterling Burkhalter. Holy cow, he sprinted and dove for that football when Deer just kind of haphazardly went after it. So they'll get the ball to start both halves now. Yep. That ball was popped perfectly into no man's land near the sideline nearest to us. And nobody was there to pick it up. And then got a nice bounce straight backwards to the oncoming Burkhalter. They're still discussing what they're going to do with the ball. It is, still, it is resting at the 21 yeah. as we speak. But Referee nodding his head to Mike Daniels, I'm guessing, saying it is our football still, right? And I believe it is. I think Mike Daniels is going to send one of his players to the locker room, and that's exactly what he's going to do as Jamel Wimpy, I believe, going to be escorted to the locker room by one of the coaches. He's the, he's the long snapper. Well, no, I take it, is that, is that 13, Kyle? Can you tell? That appears 13 yeah, to me. Yeah, that's Wimpy, yeah. So now Princeton will get backed up. They're going to back up a whole lot here. Holy cow. They're going to back them all the way up. They're going to call two personal fouls. 30 yards and penalties on that play by Princeton. Instead of having a first down at the 21 of Withrow, they're going to have a first down at their own 49. You cannot have that. You just can't have it. No, that's... And that's why they've struggled so far to, to score as much as they'd like to this year, even though they did win 37 last week here. They're 21 up to the night, but they're leaving points on the board here this year. When you play teams like Sycamore and Coleraine, you can't make these minimal mistakes. That's seven penalties now for 95 yards. Last week, 18 for 190. 190 so. yeah, so, yeah. But, it, you know, not just the number and the yardage-wise, Kyle, and you've mentioned it, it's the plays it takes away. And you had the ball at the 21 knocking on the door. It's still good field position. It's still your football, but you start 30 yards further back at your own 49. First down Princeton from there as the Vikings at the line to snap the football. Two receivers right. That's the short side of the field. One receiver to the left who's very – actually, two receivers, and they're very tight. They're not only a few yards outside wide. And M.J. Horton's in the shotgun. They send Burkhalter in motion and offsides Withrow. Boy, a player came just charging across way before the snap. Tyshawn Thomas – Free five yards for Princeton. Feels like we've had a lot of things happen. We only played eight seconds of the second <laughs> half. Very eventful. So first and five Vikings at the Withrow 46. Up 21 nothing. eight seconds into the second half. Burkhalter and Scarborough come out right. That's the short side of the field. Way wide left goes Caleb Crawford. He's out by the numbers. When they send a guy wide left to the open side of the field, he is way out there. Trying to just draw man coverage. First and five. Here's Horton with the snap. Trying to run. Runs to a tackle in the backfield. Trying to get some yardage out of it. Gets to the 45 for a gain of about one before he's wrapped up and dropped. They're in on the tackle for Withrow. Terry Cannon made the tackle. Second and four. Princeton at the 45. 
Princeton going to use a lot of that play clock. Thomas Boyd, it looks like, maybe checking in here in a minute. He's running up the sidelines. Not sure what he's running for, but Price is in there as the running back. He's to the right of Horton, looks at a five-man front. Here comes Burkhalter in motion going left. Play fake, pass wide open up the sideline, and it's going to be sh just short of the intended receiver, Scarborough. Ball was way underthrown by MJ Horton. He had him wide open. He tried to keep running and catching at the same time, but it was just too short of him. You got to hit that one. It's nice adjustment there by Scarborough. Almost make that play, but you definitely got to have that pass. So third and four Vikings at the Withrow 45. I mean, that's just wide open. Good play design. Everybody sucked up, and Scarborough wide open. Scarborough, Burkhalter go to the right. It's the short side of the field. Two receivers left. Crawford the farthest out left. Price to the right of Horton in the shotgun on third and four. Takes the snap, drops, throws a quick slant to the outside. Caught by Burkhalter at the 40, and he spins to the 39. He's got the first down. Just a quick pitch and catch. There to finally knock him down and push him out of bounds. Anton Fant. That's a first down. Prince at the Withrow 38 is where they'll mark it. So get him an extra yard out of it. And that was a good pitch and catch. First and 10, Princeton at the Withrow 38. Off the hash mark to the right. Crawford and Foster go left. Burke Halter, now we got a whistle and a timeout Withrow maybe. And it's gonna be a timeout for Withrow with 10.46 to go. It feels like we played an hour of the second half and we played a minute and 14 seconds. And the penalties on the opening kickoff that Princeton recovered the live ball. And we had play go out of bounds, incompletion. You just feel that MJ Horton can get a little more accurate, Kyle. He's, he's got a, he does a lot of good things, especially with his legs. And the play designs have had some guys running wide open. He just has not been able to hook up. And maybe as this season goes along, you hit a couple of those. I certainly hope so. And uh, I think as you play together more as a team here, it's his first year with, with Princeton here. You kind of learn your way around here. So it's, I think as the season progresses, you'll start seeing him make those throws as he uh, gets more familiar with his teammates here and get they all come on the same sink, I guess. Yeah, he's been out of sync to this point, throwing the football for sure, although he just completed a big third down pass. Ford in the first half was one of five for eight yards, and he missed that play to Scarborough a moment ago, but he's now two of seven in the game. First down, Princeton now at the 38. And Horton's going to go from under center now. Takes the snap, turns, hands it straight ahead, comes Price, and he runs right into the arms of a Withrow defender. That's DeAndre Woolen. Give him a yard to the 37, and that is all as Woolen's wrapped him up. And again, that 40-second play clock gives high school quarterbacks plenty of time to get to the sideline, get the play, get back to the huddle. They broke the huddle. There's still 25 seconds to go on the play clock. Ball's in the middle of the field this time. They're going to send three receivers to the left. It looked like. Now, now they're not. They're going to put a wing to the left with Jamar Matthews. Here's Horton. Takes it, fakes it, rolls right to throw. Has a man in his face. Just slings it up the sideline. Burkhalter's out there, and he just couldn't quite come back to catch the football. Horton underthrew it a hair. Burkhalter trying to fight back for the football, but couldn't quite get around Tyree's captain, and it goes incomplete. It'll be third down. That was just a 50-50 jump ball. The problem was it never got to the point where he had to jump for it. He had to come back and dive for it. It was so short. So make it third and nine. From the 37 of Withrow, this is probably four down territory unless you were to lose a chunk of yards here. 
Bunch set to the left, three receivers that way. Two of them actually that way, two to the right. Now a motion goes Burkhalter right to left. They fake it to him, dropping to throw, rolling right Horton. Still on the move, gonna fling one towards the end zone. Man is out there and open and it is caught and dropped in the end zone and when he hit the ground. Intended for D'Angelo Foster who had to turn himself completely around, then extended it when he fell to the turf, the ball came loose and goes incomplete, it'll be fourth down. The fact that they had to turn around kind of into that catching possibility there, but the ball placement-wise was very good. It was away from any defender. Said no, the only chance he had was to foster to catch that ball. So, unfortunately, great effort. Absolutely great effort. Horton back shaking his head, but probably out of frustration he didn't catch it. I get it, but it was really a, almost a great catch by Scarborough because, again, not a great throw. It was thrown in this spot where only he could catch it, but he forced him to turn himself completely around. He was running towards the inside and the ball was thrown to the outside. Fourth and nine, Princeton will go. Up 21-0 early here in the second half. Horton now the shotgun takes the snap and I think the wide receiver on the near side who was in the slot, that's Scarborough, I think he started early. That's gonna be a false start against Princeton and now Mike Daniels may just punt this football away. False start look, against Princeton. And now you look at where you're at in the field as far as where you began, have the, have the ball at the 21-yard line, yeah. knocking on the door possibly Maybe even be on in field goal range, it's very close at that point. If you get a couple yards, but now you're backed up to you're near your 45-yard line yep. and probably got the punt. I'm not showing the punt yet, but I'm with you. It's fourth and a mile, fourth and about 14. They got to get to the 28, and they have the offense still out there. I'm surprised, as good as this defense can play and has played, that you don't punt them down in there. But let's see if you pay, make it pay off. Two receivers each way. Play clock is down to five. Now they set a man in motion down to three. And they got it off. Horton will drop the throw. Here comes the pressure. Horton flings it over the middle. Burkhalter's out there. Just a hair too high. It went off his right hand and incomplete as he was running a post down the middle of the field and beating the defender. He gives his teammate a high five back there as it was captain back there in coverage. But really, Burkhalter was the only guy with a chance at it. Goes off his hands incomplete. And Withrow will take over on downs with good field position at its own 42-yard line. At him open. Absolutely. And then just a tan out, just a... Yeah, I think it's a lot of not really being in sync with his teammates quite this early in the year, so it's something they want to work on going forward. Yeah, he hasn't been close on a few of those, so that one was a little close, but it was so high Burkholder could just barely get a hand on it. So Withrow, which didn't do a whole lot offensively in the first half, will start first and 10 on its own 42. Daniel Ingram, the quarterback, with an empty backfield, a shotgun, three receivers to his right, two to his left. Now they send a man in motion, Deer. Here's a bad snap. Deer trying to scoop it up. Does so, and no, it's still loose. I think Princeton's recovered the football. And they have, and coming away with it, Leroy Bowers. So Deer, the ball was snapped back, and it looked like it was just a snap that might have even hit the center on his thigh. Yes, two recoveries now defensively here for Princeton, and neither one they forced the fumble. Right. has just been malfunctioning on the offense. So Princeton gets a break after they had to turn it over on downs. They will take over first and 10 on the Withrow, 37 with 9.09 to go in the third, up 21-0. And Thomas Boyd, the big tank, is in there at running back. He had a good first half. We saw mostly James Price, but Boyd got a handful of carries and got himself a touchdown in the first half as well. Out of the shotgun. Taking the snap, handing it to Boyd, trying to run right and trying to run nowhere. Great penetration by that defensive group leading the way was Kaishan Early, Krishan Early rather. DeAndre Woolen's in there as well yep. on the tackle. Loss of four yards, they just blew that up. Really getting a good push up front tonight. 
And they, you know, you look at the, the the running numbers have been good both weeks, but it really has been a big play here and a big play there. It hasn't been any like sustained runs. And you're right, not getting a lot of push on that offensive front, which is we kind of thought would be a strength this uh, season. Absolutely. This year. Run the ball, play defense. Here's Horton, takes it, fakes it, drops the throw in some trouble. Rolling right, now slings one towards the sideline. It is gonna be intercepted down at the six yard line. Nice job to go up and catch that football for Withrow. Damon Trice went up to get it, as it was intended for Scarborough down at the five, but it was underthrown again. And Trice went up high to get it, intercepted, and fell on his rear end. And Withrow will have it at his own six yard line. You know, Mike Daniel said we'd see both quarterbacks tonight. You wonder if Dorian Durham doesn't get a shot. MJ Horton pacing the sidelines, not happy with himself. He's just, he's done a great job running the ball. Just has really, really struggled through two games throwing it. And that's kind of been his MO at each of his stops in high school to this point. So we'll have to see how it plays out here the rest of the night. He did, he did mention using two quarterbacks right. at some point this year. When that's going to be, we don't know. We saw Durham for a couple of snaps in this game, but that was after Horton twice had his helmet knocked off. So Withrow takes over on the turnover at its own six, 8.22 to go in the third. Princeton still comfortably on top, 21-0. And Withrow had 12 guys on the field. Now they're going to get penalized for it. Boy, Withrow has been a three-ring circus from a personnel perspective tonight, <laughs> and that's the third or maybe even the fourth different time they've gotten caught for 12 guys on the field. The player tried to run off, but they're, they're really, they don't huddle, so... You've technically already broken the huddle. You can't break the huddle with 12 players. So that'll back him up to the three. And now maybe Princeton gets hungry here and plays for the safety. They are pressing up in coverage for sure here. Ingram will take the snap from his own end zone. He's got deer to his left, two receivers to his left, a wing to his right, takes the snap, fakes, and he's just going to try to run out of there. Gets across the goal line to the one, and then he's going to be pushed backwards. Jaheim Thomas stood him up at the two-yard line. Just a straight quarterback run off the snap. Went nowhere. In fact, it lost a yard back to the two. Good ball pursuit by the linebacker core there. Yeah, this Princeton defense right here looks really hungry to get themselves a safety. They were swarming to that football because he was running parallel to the end zone before he finally cut it up and got out of there. Second and 11. They'll go two receivers each way. The open side of the field is the right as they operate on the hash mark to the left. Deer. They're running back to the right of Ingram out of the shotgun. Takes the snap, drops the throw, looks right, throws it right, throws it right out of the hand. Oh, it's intercepted. It was caught a one-handed grab by Leroy Bowers. What a catch. He reached back and caught that one-handed. And Leroy Bowers comes up with the turnover, returns it down to the seven-yard line. And that's another case there of Ingram just forcing the ball too quickly, not thinking too much whether it just trying to force it. He's got that zip on his throw, but he just didn't uh, didn't take the time to look for an open man. What a productive first two weeks for Bowers. He had an interception last week. Tonight on back-to-back -back possessions, a fumble recovery, and now a terrific interception. And Princeton knocking on the door at the Withrow six following the turnover. And here's where you got to punch it in if you're Princeton. Yep. No penalties here, just grinding going. Horton back in at quarterback. Boyd is going to be back in there at running back, and they're going to put Matthews as a wing back to the left. Burkhardt will wide right, standing on the numbers. One receiver, Crawford wide left. Two tight ends set here. Under center, Horton fumbles the snap, and he was able to barely recover it as he got tackled back at the nine. So Horton went under center, something Princeton hasn't done a lot, but done some. And maybe just a little too anxious to get out of there. 
fumbled the snap from center, and Princeton will lose out. We'll give it a loss of a yard back to the eight, but still a loss nonetheless. Tyshawn Thomas right there to make the play, too. Very close to recovering that fumble. Second and goal, Princeton from the eight. Clock rolls inside, seven minutes to go in the third. One receiver each way. Burkhalter to the right, Crawford to the left. Double tight end set, wing to the left. Under center, turns, and Boyd. Straight ahead he comes. Inside the five, and he's cut down right at the ankles on a terrific tackle at the four-yard line, Antoine Brown. So he gets four yards back. It'll be third goal now from the four-yard line. So trying to figure out what personnel package it wants in the game. James Price is going to come in, and Boyd actually going to come out limping. Again, he went out with an ankle injury last week, and that's the ankle they just grabbed on the tackle. So third and goal, Princeton from the four. One wide out each way, two tight ends. And a wing left. Here's a handoff to Price. Straight ahead, he goes. Big hole and into the end zone, James Price. And he goes in standing up for the Princeton touchdown. Four-yard touchdown run from James Price as he just ran straight up the middle. That time Princeton creased it as he goes in standing up for the touchdown and now a 27-0 lead with the extra point pending. Let's try the change of pace here. Price with the speed after the bruiser checks out. It'll be Everson, who perfect four for four last week. Looking to be a perfect four for four tonight. Durham to hold, snaps a good one. The hold is down. It's a low line drive kick, but it does go through. So Everson knocks another one through. And Princeton, thanks to the Leroy Bowers, terrific interception and return. Set him up first and goal at the six, and the Vikings cash in. 6.07 to go in the third quarter. It's now Princeton 28 with row nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Looking for future leaders we can believe in? Look no further than the high school student athletes right here in Ohio. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It includes learning to listen, accepting responsibility, being a good role model, and it's about respect. The result, it transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Here on a perfect night for football at Pat Mancuso Field Viking Stadium, the home opener for Princeton Vikings, looking to go 2-0 after a 38-7 win over Milford last week. Vikings now leading 28-0 with 6.07 to go in the third. That's teeing it up, Hayden Cobbs. Last time he kicked off to start the second half, they popped one over the first line, and Sterling Burkholder ran down to get it. Cobbs moves on the football, and he kicks away a high, short kick, going to be fielded by an up back at the 21. Across the 25 to the 30, and then up to the 31-yard line. Returning it was Damon Trice. Withrow, which has gotten really not a whole lot done offensively tonight. Haven't run the ball at all. Ingram has had some passes go in and out of hands. He's been inaccurate a couple times, and Princeton taking advantage of it now with a 28-0 lead. Princeton can get a stop and a score. We will hit the running clock portion of the program. That would be the second straight week. Princeton actually got to the running clock late against Milford last week on Christian Kilgus Dixon's scoop and score fumble return. And now with Withrow, you really can't go to your game plan of uh, nope. milking the clock anymore. you got to start scoring now. We'll go with twins each way off the hash mark to the right. 
One running back dear to the left, and they sent a man in motion. Moore coming right to left to make it three receivers on the left side. Ingram takes the shotgun snap, hands it to Deer, running right, trying to get outside, not going to do so. He's going to be tackled for a loss. Good penetration there is from the secondary, I believe it was Elijah Eberhardt. And also there to make the stop was John Harris. John Harris, Loss of three on the play. Well, they're going to milk that clock, though, Kyle, because they're all standing and looking. The play clock's down to 20 seconds, and they're in no hurry to snap it. Well, if that's your game plan, that's what you're well, used to, so I don't know anything any better, I guess. I guess. It limits the score, that's for sure. <laughs> Second and 13 following the loss. Three receivers left, one to the right. Deer to the right of Ingram in the shotgun. He takes the snap, going to drop to throw. Wants to set up a screen, does so. It's tipped and incomplete, a diving try by Deer to try to catch the ball. He wouldn't have gotten much if he'd caught it. Might have got it back to the line of scrimmage, the original line of scrimmage. That would have been all, but instead it goes incomplete and make it third and 13. Not sure if you're staying loose or if they're going to make a change after this, but Doran Durham taking snaps on the sideline right now. Yeah, I guess we'll see a new quarterback in there and a good time to get him some snaps. As you mentioned, you're going to maybe need two quarterbacks as the year goes along, and GMC plays coming up. Might as well get him some reps. Third and 13, Ingram rolling to throw, in some trouble. He's, he's almost decked, gets away from it. Still on the move, running left. Got a blindside block from behind. That's going to get flags from everywhere. Jaheim Thomas got level. I mean, he got level on a blindside block that you're not allowed to do, and that's just bad. And he's very shaken up after it, too. Sure is. Very dizzy looking. Let's hope he's all right. I mean, you don't see it coming. He wants to play, though. He wants to stay out there. They're probably, Daniels yeah, will check on Mike him. Sure saying, Hang on a second. As he got hit pretty hard. Well, the play was, by the way, well short of a first down. He ran out of the 32. And I think it'll be fourth down even. I mean, well, I guess they'll take the penalty. It'll either be fourth and nine, or if they take it, I guess, third and a chunk. I mean, that, that's, that's the block that's not allowed to happen anymore, and you can't do it, so how about stop doing it? Princeton's going to turn it down and force him to putt. Man, oh man. Gene Thomas just got Sure, I'm not the, not the guy I want to be having a crackback block on when you got to face him later on no, in the game, I, too. I'm, so I'm wondering if he's saying, all right, I'm all right for now. I'll give, me, give me a couple more snaps. <laughs> give another shot real quick. It'll be Ingram to do the punting. So 5.05 to go. The clock stopped, and Princeton going to get the football back here midway through the third. Ingram does not stand very far back. He's only about nine yards deep to take this snap. The coach wants to know, Princeton turned the penalty down. It's a fourth down. So, all right, so here we go. Princeton has eight men up, two men deep, one man just behind the line of scrimmage as a spy. Ingram takes the snap, rolls the punt, almost blocked by Eberhardt. He gets it away, though. It's going to bounce at the 35, and now fielded back at the 29, changing direction straight ahead across the 30 and up to the 35. To return the punt was D'Angelo Foster. Princeton will take over there with 4.45 to go here in the third quarter. Well, Princeton could put a drive together and get a field goal with the minimum out of it. We will get to a running clock up 28-0. And again, as I mentioned, they got to the running clock last week, albeit late. The 38-7 win over Milford, so that'd be two for two running clocks. Although, to be honest, Kyle, usually when you get to the running clock, you feel like you've dominated another team, and neither game does it feel like Princeton's dominated. The, the defense has. 
No, they've just been they've been able to outlast. That's been the thing for them this year. Here's they've been able to, to do that. If played two uh, opponents here that have played them pretty tough though defensively. It's uh, they've just been able to uh, kind of push forward in the second half. Dorian Durham is in at quarterback, and Rodney Harris Jr. is in at one of the wide receivers out to the right with Scarborough inside of him. Price is the running back to Durham's right. First and 10 from the 35 off the hash mark to the left. In motion comes a receiver, Caleb Crawford. Gets the handoff, swinging wide right. Gets the outside across the 35-40. Trying to get to the corner of the 50. 45 and run out of bounds at the 41-yard line. Finally there to run him out was Tyrese Captain, but not before Caleb Crawford on the jet sweep going left to right. Picks up 24 yards to the withrow, 41. First carry of the night for Caleb Crawford off the jet sweep. They will run him on that some. Run Foster on it two at times. He ran it three times last week. Run a couple times tonight. Two receivers left. Actually, one receiver left. And they're going to be very tight. There's two of them now out that way. They're almost just outside the tackle by a yard or two. Two receivers very tight to the right. Now they send a man in motion. Crawford coming right. They fake it. No, they hand it off to Price, the deep man. He's spinning his way up across inside the 40. And then driven backwards. He'll get maybe forward progress to the 39. Hitting him first, Tyshawn Thomas. A game of about three. Now yeah, I mean two to the 41. Inside four minutes to go, third quarter. 28-0 Princeton. It was no score after quarter number one, but Princeton was knocking on the door to start the second quarter. Proceeded to put 21 points up on the board. Thanks to a Leroy Bowers interception here in the third. Set him up on a short field at the six. They've up the lead to 28 nothing. Two receivers come right. Two go left again. Both sides are very tight. Price to the left of Durham in the shotgun set. Now they send a man in motion. Crawford coming left to right. There's a high snap. It's going to be caught by Price who gets it in. Runs across the 40 to the 36 yard line. I don't know if that was a design play or not. Price reached up and caught it anyway. The running backs in this offense are very tight next to the quarterbacks, so you can do that by design. I'm not sure that one was by design. Maybe it was. Yeah, I didn't think it was, but it's possible. That, as you mentioned, they are close knit at the hip. But I, nice play by Price to make something out of nothing there. It really it's very was. dangerous. So third and five from the 36-yard line. Two receivers to the right, two to the left. The open side of the field. They've widened the receivers out this time. They're not quite as tight. Here's the shotgun snap. Durham starts the throw, throws it right to the 30, caught, turning up field 25, down to the 20, to the 15-yard line. And that's James Price, who was out there as a receiver. We're going to get a personal foul at the end of the play for a, a horse collar, I believe. That'll be right at the 10-yard line, so they get half the distance. Correct me on the receiver. That was uh, Jamar Matthews who caught that. It's going to be a horse collar tackle against... Withrow, marking half the distance of the goal. It'll be first and goal with the fives. Nice play by Durham. Just a quick curl route and then a great job after the catch by Matthews to turn it upfield and turn it into a big game. And now first and goal with the fives. We approach 2.20 to go in the third quarter. Two receivers each way. They're both tight again. Price to the right of Durham in the shotgun. First and goal from the five. Motion goes Foster. They're going to roll to the right where Foster was. On the move, Durham throws it back across his body. The end zone, a diving catch in the end zone for a touchdown by Jamar Matthews. Looked like Durham was just throwing that away, Kyle, and Matthews all of a sudden was at the right place at the right time to make a diving reception right near the goal line. And what a nice adjustment there. He's about three yards back at a dive for it. Barely got his hands underneath of it and able to secure it. Matthews got him down there with the great catch and run a moment ago, and he finishes off from five yards out. 
And Everson, Michael Everson, four for four in the night, try to tack on the extra point, and we have reached the running clock portion. With 2.04 to go here in the third. Snap is good, the hold is good, the kick is on the way, and that kick is good as well. And they knocked over the kicker, but no flag was thrown. Not sure why no flag was thrown. It wasn't a dirty play, but they did run the kicker over. In fact, the Withrow player was nice enough to help him up. I don't think he meant to do it at all, but he did run the kicker over. But nonetheless, 2.04 to go in the third quarter. Princeton opening up now. It's 35-0 Vikings. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Northwestern Mutual Cincinnati, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right question, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want, now and years from now. Plan your financial story with Northwestern Mutual. Contact us today at 513-366-3600 or visit us on the web at cincinnati.nm.com. Dorian Durham continuing to impress a little bit. Engineers a nice 65-yard drive there, aided by a big run on a jet sweep from Caleb Crawford. A nice catch and run by Jamar Matthews. And then Durham with a kind of a prayer to Matthews. who had to catch it diving back towards his quarterback for a touchdown moments ago. And it's now 35-0 Princeton as Cobbs to kick it off. Back deep to the far side, Tyrese captain to the near side is Keontae Deer. Moves on the football, gets the kick away. It's high to the far side. Captain catches on the run at the 15, across the 20. Sidesteps one man, then it's planted down at the 23-yard line. With authority. That was Robert Rutherford, I believe, who got that tackle. So we should be at running clock, and we'll see. May not start till they spot this yeah. ball here. And we'll be ready to roll. Yep, now they're going to wind it. Withrow comes off the sidelines, a little bedraggled at the moment. Let's see if Jaheim Thomas is back out there, is he? Yes, he is. He's at the left outside linebacker spot at the moment. Now what do we got? They're trying to, they want to reset the play clock. That's all right. Game clock will keep rolling. The clock down to 20. I'm not sure what Withrow's waiting on here into the sideline still. Three receivers left, one to the right. Ingram's in the shotgun, waiting for the snap. Claps his hands, takes it, drops the throw, sets a pass up to the right side. It's caught, and getting away up the sideline is Deer, and then he's back, knocked down backwards, and now we got a, a flag coming in. I'm not sure for what. That was one of the same thing. He, he shoved him as he was trying to take him down, but I don't... I he hit him up high, but he hit him in the shoulder yeah, pads it was, up it, was a clean, it looked like a clean hit to me. I'm not sure what they're going to get him for up to see here, but it looked like a clean hit to me. Again, it's it, this is a, the game has a level of violence to it. As long as it's done in the boundaries of the rules, that's fine. And I thought that was a it was a hit up high. It was not to his head. It didn't look like. That's why they wear shoulder pads. Right. 
Oh, hang on, now we're going to get something different. Passing or no, personal, I don't know what we got. We got, we got a face mask potentially. Personal foul face mask. I, I didn't I, see that I, one. I didn't see that one at all. Plus, those are when he's coming across the middle potentially. But I, I missed that if I did. Me too. Mark it all the way up to the 47. That was a nice catch and run. It looked like Ingram was going to get intercepted when he tried to swing it out of the backfield to Deer. Instead, he caught the ball. Again, out of the shotgun, Ingram. Here comes a receiver in motion. He's going to take it, fake it to him, keep it. He's going to be tackled for a loss back at the 45. Maybe a loss of a yard. As Rutherford from behind was there to get the tackle. And help from Juan Jarrett. They don't have to run another play if they don't want to here in the third quarter. The play clock is at 36, game clock at 15 seconds. And Withrow, I don't think he's going to run another play. Our producer, Zach Waddell, saw it, said he, uh, the back judge the one throwing that I know, flag there as well. Out. Which yeah, from way back. Hard to, hard to make that play. Hard to make that call from there. Yeah. And he threw the flag a long way, too. And that's going to do it for the third quarter. Time runs out in the third quarter of play. We'll have a running clock to start the fourth quarter. And Princeton comfortably on top of Withrow, 35-0. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports. London Computer Systems is a seven-time top workplace thanks to their top Cincinnati workforce. For three decades, LCS has been a leading provider of critical business technologies, including their signature property management software, Rent Manager. Take the next step in your career and join this award-winning workforce. Visit www.lcs.com careers today. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Viking Stadium, Richard Skinner and Kyle Howard. 35-0 Princeton leads it as we start quarter number four. Teams forgot to flip sides, actually. Just now, they just literally did it as the ball was about to get snapped. Not sure why teams didn't flip sides for a second, but they didn't. And now they have all ready to go back. Start of the fourth quarter of play. Withrow has it second and about 11 from their own 46. Ingram in the shotgun has her four receivers left. Drops the throw. In some trouble and down. He's going to go back on the 35-yard line. Darian Henry coming clean, and Ingram had no chance. He looked up and had the big fellow right in his lap. Darian Henry, who goes six foot five, 260 pounds, and can really run, and he was on Ingram before he could even have a hope and drop him for a loss. So third and a mile here. Third, and they got to get to the 43 of Princeton, so make it third and a 19 to 20. And because we're over 30 points, the running clock is in effect. If it dips back below the 30-point margin, we'll go back to normal clock keeping. The outcome not really in doubt. Withrow's not generated much offense tonight. With another good defensive performance for, for Princeton. Third and long, and now a timeout. Nope, they're gonna delay a game. Boy, for all the time they take to, to go ahead and run the play, you're looking right at the play clock, I mean, Holy mackerel. Unless they're having a hard time getting everybody on the same page. Our thanks to our stat guy, as always, Dan Wright, who just ran the stats down to us. Okay, quick look at those two three quarters. Withrow just five first downs, 53 yards total offense and 31 plays. That's getting it done. Ingram drops the throw. He's in some trouble again. Rolls away from the pressure, rolling right. Going to throw back across the middle and almost intercepted. Closest player to it was a Princeton defender, and that was Christian Kilgus-Dixon. It'll be fourth down. 
And yes, it's an incomplete pass, but with the running clock, the clock continues to run. Princeton tonight, only 12 first downs themselves. Just 260 yards through three quarters. So give that Withrow defense some credit. I've definitely been a tough task to handle up there against the pressure. And we got a penalty that's going to be declined against Withrow. I believe a hold. No personal foul. I tell you, officials so far these first couple of weeks have loved to throw them some flags. I, I get trying to keep it clean, but some of it's a little too much. So fourth down for Withrow, and they'll, in all likelihood, you would think, punt it away. D'Angelo Foster comes in back in single safety, back on his own 43, and Ingram will punt it away again. And now he's going to be joined back there in twin safeties. Leroy Bowers, who's got a fumble recovery, and that interception that set up the first touchdown of the third quarter is back there to receive the punt. Play clock down to 20. Ingram waiting for the snap. Again, not very deep. It's a high snap. He bobbles it and then gets away. A low line drive kick that Foster's going to let bounce at the 45. And now getting away from it. Bowers almost came across to scoop it up in front of him. And then when it took a wacky second bounce on him, he said, no, no, I'm not going to touch that. And almost had it touch him. But it did not. And Princeton will take over first and 10 on their own 47. With 9.03 to go in the football game. Clock will stop momentarily on the change of possession. But it'll crank back up again here in a second. You would think Princeton will just keep this thing on the ground, but it really doesn't matter. If you're throwing completions here, Fox still runs. Again, next week, Princeton will open Greater Miami Conference play, first of eight games in the GMC to end this season, as they will travel to Sycamore. We'll be on the air for that about 15, 20 minutes before kickoff. We'll, of course, have the podcast with the superintendent, Tom Burton. And we look forward to having you with us next week for the GMC opener. First team Princeton offensive line still in there. Dorian Durham is in there at quarterback still. We got a new running back in there. I'll check on him here in a second. And getting the handoff is that new running back and running wild up the middle across the 45 into the 40 and all the way down to the 35 yard line. Terrific run into the game. Is Ari Turner. Good way to make a name for yourself off the bench there. No doubt. Rips off a 22-yard run on first and 10, all the way down to the Withrow 34. Turner stays in there. Two receivers right, one left. You got Matthews up on a wing left. When I say wing, it's actually between the left tackle. He's behind the left tackle, Paris Johnson, and the left guard. There's a turn, handoff. Again, Turner running straight ahead. Gets it down to about the 26-yard line as he was tackled from behind. Antoine Brown made the stop. Aria Turnham with a nice run. Four yards on that one as we approach eight minutes to go. This is probably the last offensive series, Kyle, you would think for that first team offensive line. Chance to get some of the other guys some snaps. Absolutely keep them fresh. Now they set Matthews up almost as a fullback offset, but he's close to the guard center. Turn to the deep back, gets the handoff, runs straight ahead, gets a good block from Matthews who kicked out and allowed him to take it inside the 30 down to the 28 yard line for Matt, for Ari Turner. So, Princeton just being pretty methodical here. Third and two from the Withrow 27 yard line. Still a crowd hanging around here tonight. A nice night for football. 
Some have filed out, but not many. And now we get a whistle and a timeout with her. Wow, they are shoveling. Withrow. Withrow will take a timeout. We'll take one with him. 7.07 to go in the football game. Princeton 35, Withrow nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. It's powered by Sidearm Sports. Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com radio for more information. Seven oh seven to go in the football game from Pat Mancuso Field, Viking Stadium, Princeton up thirty-five, nothing. Running clock for the second straight week, albeit last week's came very late. It's going to get a whole lot tougher starting next week with Sycamore on the horizon. But the second straight season, Princeton can start two and zero. Of course, last year's two and zero start wiped out by the two forfeits, and actually they've run up forfeiting a third victory over Lakota East. Clock restarts now after the timeout with the running clock. Here's the snap back to Durham, hands it off to turn. He's dropped for a loss back at the 30-yard line. Knifing through from the outside, another penalty marker, Tyshawn Thomas. Not sure what this one's for. Make a pretty clean tackle by Tyshawn Thomas. It's a loss of two. Actually, it's going to be Princeton marching backwards. Okay. Holding is the call against Princeton. Well, feels like a broken record from last week and last year. But if you keep having penalties like this against good teams, you are you're going to lose it. You're going to lose a, a, a game that you shouldn't lose. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. You can uh, next week could be a tough task on the road against Sycamore. Then Cole Rain coming back here the next week. Because Minnesota's he's got to go. Here's the thing: if, if they're going to call holding penalties, you don't think are holding, but they are going to call it that way, you got to adjust to it. Absolutely. Third and long. Durham wants to set up a screen pass. Does so in the middle. He's got a man open. This is Turner across the 35. Cuts inside the 30. Flags go flying. He's inside the 20. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, but it's coming back. Actually, it was Jamar Matthews. 10, not 30. There's another fine example. Right. That was a blatant hold. Uh, it was almost as if Brandon Williams tackled him there. <laughs> he took him right to the turf. There's not just a flag. There's about... Count them up for me, Kyle. One, two, three. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a pretty blatant <laughs> hold there. I think they uh, they all saw it there. He took down Damon Trice. Well, the flag's going to be from about the 30, so they started at the 40, and I think this penalty will be backed up to the 40, so we'll just replay this play. I guess the good part is the running clock keeps running as they mark all this stuff off. Let's see where they mark it from. They're going to mark it from the 34, not the 30, so it'll be backed up to the 44-yard line. They will replay the third down. It'll be third and 19 from the 44. And that's another one I'm not really sure they needed to have either. It was right. He made a great cut to the inside, and by then you didn't need to hold. The play was by you. That's what's been happening all year long so far, both the first two games. So it wipes out the touchdown to Matthews on the screen. Matthews set up right. Now he goes left, and Foster will go left, and he'll line up right in the slot. Both of them slot men. Turner to the right of Dunham. 
Dorian Durham and the shotgun takes the snap, drops, wants to throw it deep down the seam, throwing it down out there, and it's caught by Matthews on a leaping grab down at the five-yard line. Or no, make it Foster. Well, it switched sides of the field. D'Angelo Foster, what a catch. Uh, he fully extended it, and after he caught it, somersaulted to the ground. It'll be first and goal from the four-yard line. I'll tell you, Dorian Durham has made some throws now, Kyle. That was a tough throw to make as well, right across coverage, highest point, way downfield. That's a tough throw. He hasn't gotten a lot of snaps the first couple of games, but the ones he's gotten, he's taken full advantage of. Turner's to the left of Durham in the shotgun. And now Withrow going to have to take another timeout as they had the wrong personnel on the field. And mercifully, that's the last timeout that Withrow will take tonight for their dishevelment. Uh, just having a hard time getting right personnel groupings on both sides of the ball. But you want to get you want to get this stuff corrected for uh, yep. GMC play coming up real, real soon here next week. You got to have these worked out by then. Walk out here with the victory tonight, but this got to clean up for conference play. I, I'm not so sure you can't play these two quarterbacks in maybe an alternating fashion to some degree. Sure. I mean, there's no doubt MJ Horton gives you a, a, something with his legs, and it's just dynamic. He can make home run plays at any time, and uh, uh, we, we've seen him do it. Situations where you have to pass, you throw Durham back there. He's right. got money. It's a, that's not to take away from MJ Horton at all, but it's, it's just Durham getting it done in the passing game right now. That's. I mean, that was a uh, the, the, the touchdown pass last week on third and eight, up 14 to seven. Horton had gone out with cramps. He put a perfectly thrown ball to Sterling Burkhalter for a touchdown. He threw a nice pass on the touchdown, maybe not a great decision on the one to Matthews on the dive in the end zone. And just dropped a dime in there to D'Angelo Foster who helped him out by making a nice catch and then somersaulting to the ground. So clock restarts as we get set to replay. First and goal, Princeton from the four. Turn to the left of Durham in the shotgun, gets the handoff, dancing, kicks out right, trying to get to the corner, gets to the pylon, scores, and it's coming back again because there's a flag in the end zone. And now another flag in the end zone. There's one flag thrown right where the ball carrier went in. That's going to be a hold. I'm not sure the next one is it. Maybe on sportsman like that. Withrow, right? The second one? That I'm not sure. It was yeah. thrown near a Princeton player there, so we'll see. But I, it wouldn't make much sense for an unsportsmanlike penalty there for Princeton. I agree. No, it's, I, it's definitely the first penalty. I think you can agree. We can agree it's a hold, right? I 100% agree with that. Good part is clock keeps running. Down to three <laughs> minutes to go. They can sort it out. Take the, the time to sort going. this out, my friend. <laughs> All right, here comes the call. It's been a busy group tonight. They're marking it back for sure, at least the 10 yards for the hold. And they're going to keep marking it back. I think you're right. It's going to be a hold and then a personal foul on top of it on Princeton in the end zone. Holding Princeton. And then personal foul, Princeton. Man. Really wonder what the personal foul was. It's thrown in the end zone, but I, I'm not really sure what that could have possibly been there. Yeah, whatever happened, happened late. I do know that. I mean, I saw two guys go flying, one for each team. I wasn't sure who made the contact first. I guess the good part is we've taken a bunch of time off the clock and really Princeton in theory can almost take a knee here. Still 20 seconds on the play clock. It's first and goal Princeton at the 28 with throws out of timeouts. It's an interesting situation. Still got that first team offensive line in there. Maybe you can keep them in there because they need to clean up these mistakes. Definitely. 
Two receivers each way. Durham has Turner to his left in the shotgun. Taking his time, play clock is hit zero. Should be a delay of game. Huh. There's a handoff on a jet sweep running left and getting some running room inside the 20, cutting inside the 15, to the 10, to the five, and running into the end zone, D'Angelo Foster. Great way to fall your blocks there. Sure was. In front of him, you just went where they weren't. That's a great call, Kyle. I mean, he kind of ducked one way, waited for a block coming the other way, waited for another block, and then put his foot in the ground when he cut it up, just accelerated the final 10 or so yards into the end zone for a touchdown to make it 41-0 Princeton. And you love to see your bench making smart plays like that, too. If somebody were to go down with an injury, hope it doesn't happen, but if it were to happen or if someone needs a breather, you plug it in Foster and he makes smart plays like that. That'll help the team down the stretch. He's the one that set this touchdown up with that great catch down the field from Durham. And it's not going to be Everson to try the point after. It's going to be Cobbs. He made the last extra point last week, one for one. Good snap back. The hold is down, and Cobbs plants that one straight down the middle with authority. He's two for two on the season. 121 to go in the football game. It's now Princeton 42 with throw nothing. We'll be back for the conclusion. Right after this, this is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. Loveland Chiropractic Office has been treating patients in the Loveland area since 1921. We have generations of experience that continue to lead the field in chiropractic care. With our experience, we have high level of success with acute injuries as well as chronic conditions. You can find us online at lovelandchiro.com. That's lovelandchiro.com. And on Facebook. Back here for the conclusion at Pat Mancuso Field, Viking Stadium, the home opener for Princeton. Vikings have now scored their first two opponents, 80-7. to And I guess the good part is, when I say that, that sounds great, and it is, but there's a lot to fix. Yeah, there's a At least on offense. Two glaring things, special teams, and uh, obviously the penalties, you've you got to limit those going forward. But these two games they've won in dominating fashion when you look at the scoreboard. It doesn't really feel like they've dominated no, I know those it. games. That's the, that's the crazy thing about it. Although the defense, I think, has looked outstanding the first oh, two games. And I, and I think their upside is, is tremendous. I think if Princeton's going to win the GMC and go to the playoffs, that defense will lead them there. Here's Everson will kick off this time, kicks it away. It's going to be caught on the run and almost taking a knee, but not was captain, and he's going to run out of bounds and then get banged out of bounds and then get shoved out of bounds. And there's no reason for that. No, absolutely the player's not. 10 yards out of bounds, and you're still shoving him. Minute 13 left on the just, game, and you're... That's silly. Uh, that's just, that can't happen. It's, it's pointless. You took him out of bounds, just let him go. That kind of stuff's going to really shoot you in the foot when you're playing conference play here soon. You know, that stuff's got to stop. Uh, we don't have the. Uh, we do have some stats. Thanks again to our guy Dan Wright. He just sent us the updated stats. That's before this last penalty. Princeton now tonight has committed 14 penalties for 176 yards, Kyle. So that's what, 32 penalties in two games. And you can't have it. It uh, has gone final. There, next week's opponent, uh, Sycamore, has Sycamore 31-24 winner over Kings. So, GMC going to get a couple of. Maybe even three if Hamilton holds on to beat Anderson. Battle two and O's next week. Went over ECC schools tonight. It's the GMC ECC night. 
some of those ECC's Kings of Division Two team. Now we got a timeout. Holy cow. Timeout, Prince. Man, are they missing either they down a player? I think they were missing a player on defense. They were. You can look at it a couple ways here, Richard. You could you could see it in one way that they've got to clean these things up. You can see it another way they're winning 40 to nothing and they still have these mistakes. So right. the upside they could possibly have, but beyond that, that's tremendous. Yeah, and I think the offense still has a ton of upside. You know, you get you got to get the penalties cleaned up to avoid some of the negative plays on big plays. But you're seeing the passing game with MJ Horton not quite clicking. We haven't seen a consistent running game yet. I think it's in this team. I think that's the great part. And defensively, they've got every part you can want. You got corners, you got safeties, you got tacklers, you got two dudes in Darian Henry and Jaheim Thomas. Leroy Bowers has played great in the first two games. I think they got a lot of great pieces on defense. I'm looking forward to seeing it go forward, but some of the stuff, like what just happened on that kickoff return, that's just you just can't have it. So 101 to go. 42-0 Princeton leading it. Just a couple more snaps needed in the game because we will have running clock as soon as the official puts the ball in play. This game should have ended 30 minutes ago probably. All right, now they wind the clock. So just a couple more plays. Ingram in the shotgun. Takes the snap, hands it off. Running left is Deer, and he's going to be, no, almost tackled for loss. Gets away. Still on his feet across the 45, up to the 49-yard line. And Tackled there by a host of gray-shirted Viking defenders. Glad to see him getting up after the play. He came down awkwardly when he came yeah, down as well. Yeah, it did look odd. This will probably be the final snap. They throw out of timeouts, down to 34 seconds. As trying to sub out. Princeton trying to get some other bodies in the game, and they were a mess. There's a pass out to the outside. It's caught by Moore across the 50, 45, and run out of bounds at the 40. But it'll stop momentarily to set the chains, but then it'll start again even though he ran out of bounds. Now it keeps running. So this that might be the last play unless Withrow can hurry up. Princeton trying to finish off the shutout. They narrowly missed one last week against Milford. A fourth down pass interference in the end zone kept the Milford drive alive. They got him a touchdown at the time. that cut it to 14-7 early in the fourth quarter. And they will not get another playoff and time runs out in the football game. So the Princeton defense turns in another outstanding performance. MJ Horton with an 80-yard touchdown and... Princeton does just enough on offense, but does a lot on defense, and they come away to start the season for the second straight year at 2-0. And I think a promise that GMC is in the future for this football team, yes? Absolutely. I think if they can clean some things up, obviously with the mental mistakes with the penalties and uh, obviously uh, special teams they need to clean up as well and get some better blocking up front, which they've kind of struggled with surprisingly this year so far to start. If they can uh, tackle those couple things, they got a good enough defense to win the GMC this year, in my opinion. So... Uh, th I think they're going to be in good shape here as they move into the second more next week. It's capped the scoring in this football game. Neither team scored in the first quarter. In fact, Princeton punted the first two times they had the football. But then early in the second quarter, my Jaden Horton, MJ Horton, capped a 10-play 68-yard drive with a one-yard touchdown run and a little less than a, a little over a minute in the second quarter. Princeton had taken a 7-0 lead. Next time Princeton had the football, they were backed up to their own 8-yard line. But on the second play, MJ Horton sprinted 80 yards for a TD. Michael Everson added the second of his extra points of the night. Princeton quickly jumped out 14 to nothing with 6.33 to go in the half. And then towards the end of the half, with a minute 34 to go, Thomas Boyd barreled in for a yard out to cap a five-play 37-yard drive that came after a withrow fumble. And it was 21-0 Princeton at halftime. Third quarter of play, Princeton blew a golden opportunity early when they recovered, not an onside kick, but they recovered the live kickoff when nobody for Withrow fielded it. 
But after turning the ball over on downs, Princeton was able to come up with an interception by Leroy Bowers. That set up a four-yard touchdown run by James Price to make it 28-0. Then later in that third quarter of play, Jamar Matthews caught a five-yard pass from Dorian Durham for a touchdown to cap a five-play 65-yard drive. And the scoring capped off just moments ago with a minute 21 to go in the game. D'Angelo Foster on a jet sweep went in from 28 yards out. And the final score was Princeton 42, Winthrow nothing. Princeton in the football game winds up with 360 yards total offense, 269 on the ground. And for Withrow, and I got to factor in the last couple of plays, they had about 60 yards. They were 35 for 40, 33 plays for 45 yards before that last play of about 15 or 20 yards. So well under 100 yards that Princeton hold Withrow in this football game to post the 42-0 shutout. Kyle, any final thoughts? No, great defensive tonight again for this uh, defense. Quite all kinds of pressure here. It didn't force many turnovers, it forced some tonight, not as many as last week here, but they were able to win the line of scrimmage tonight, which was huge. Uh, you can see the stats tonight was under 100 yards allowed on overall for the entire game, but I got to love the defensive effort. Uh, offense, uh, they're starting to get there too. They started to click in the second half, and uh, they're, obviously if they clean some things up, they'll be in good shape as well as they move to Sycamore next week. Has along one more final score, and it's the big game of the night. St. Xavier holds on to beat Coleraine 21-14, to so... Big game there tonight, and of course, Colerain, like every other GMC team, will be in league play starting next week. And that's where we will be next week, not at Colerain, but in Greater Miami Conference play, as this Princeton Viking team will travel to Sycamore. Our air time approximately 6.40, 6.45-ish, somewhere thereabouts, and the kickoff time is slated for 7 o'clock. Thanks for being with us tonight. For producer-engineer Zach Waddell and for Kyle Howard, I'm Richard Skinner. The final score tonight from Pat Mancuso Field Viking Stadium, Princeton 42 with row nothing. You've been listening. I want to thank you do for listening to Princeton Vikings football from your friends at ESP Media, and it's powered as always by Sidearm Sports.